Lights. <laughs> God damn it, I wish I had I wish I had gotten that on the recording. I, I pressed record just like a second too late. Alright. Previously on Booze and Buffy. A, a moment. Um sorry. What? I was just humming moments in the woods. Oh <laughs> sorry. This is another moment in the in woods. The Let me call my lawyer May real I quick and just make sure we have the rights to uh You know, just just edit that out. It's fine. Um, Steven's good dad. Good dad. <laughs> Way better than Buffy's actual dad. Hank. On his spin-off. It makes somewhere. a Makes a, it really makes like this this scene at the end of the episode hit home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That I kind of appreciated about this episode. I think it's relatively understated, but I think it's it's good. Um, is that you know Buffy goes to various people and says this is happening. Like he's talking. Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. Obviously, there will be spoilers for the episodes that we talk about, but we do our absolute best to not spoil any future episodes for those who are watching the series for the first time. <laughs> I'm Jason, and what the hell is up with Xander's pants? Mm. Mm, good question. And I'm Harrison, and I'm three dead fish in an envelope and one dead computer science teacher in a school hallway. Jason, tell me, what episode are we watching today? Well, we're watching season two, episode 17, Passion, and this is the one where nothing really important happens. Yeah, it's so boring, in fact. <laughs> like, it's not like it was spoiled by your last fucking comment. Yeah. Uh, this is where we get to see Angelus really, truly show us why he is the threat that he is. Mm-hmm. And, and people die. And, and fish, fish die. die. <laughs> Uh, Passion was written by Ty King and directed by Michael E. Gershman and originally aired on February 24th, 1998. And it's so weird that this episode was not written and directed by Josh Sweden because it feels like it was. Also, Ty King, the only other episode for the series he wrote was Some Assembly Required, which sucks. <laughs> so I'm just like, really like far extremes for this gentle. Booze and Buffy. So we are joined this week by a very special guest. You know her. You love her. She's Grace. I am indeed. I'm also sad. Yeah. So Grace uh, joins us from season one, I Robot You Jane. And uh, you were our first repeat guest. <gasps> I'm um, so honored. Obviously not counting Jason, who well, was a guest star before getting bumped up to main cast. I mean, you know, good for you, Jason. <laughs> oh, yeah. I live in hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, wow. That makes me a little nervous for my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm coming for you, man. Watch out. Just on a 42nd Street, yeah. <laughs> Interesting that... I'm gonna... Uh, Jenny Calendar, you? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that your first appearance was uh, was on... what? That was Ginny's first episode, yes, right? And now you're on Ginny's last episode. Almost as though it was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Grace, would you like to lead us in a... Oh, well, actually, we have to announce what we're drinking. Uh, so, Grace... J- I still don't know who you're talking about. Which which yeah. of us would you like? To speak uh, I try to want you to go simultaneously. No, Grace, uh, would you tell us what you're drinking this week? Um, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a wine that I found in our home. <laughs> 
It's a barefoot wine. It's a sweet red blend. It's a giant bottle. Mm-hmm. It's what I was drinking last week yeah, for you loyal gonna, viewers. I was going to say, astute ah. listeners might recall. They're off to save lives. There's an emergency, okay? <laughs> uh, it happens. Jason, what are you drinking? I am drinking Emma Reichart. Uh, it is a rosé Pinot Noir from the glorious year of 2018. Ooh, that's a really good one. I like that one a lot. I actually do enjoy it a lot. Mine is so fancy that it, it doesn't have a year on it. <laughs> it's 2019. Almost certainly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just a bottle of grape juice they left out overnight. You know, I'd drink it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Barefoot's whole business plan. <laughs> um, I am drinking a glass of uh, Woodford on the rocks. Ooh, because, ooh, fancy! Thank you. I felt like this is a Woodford episode. You know, like this. This episode is the Woodford of Buffy episode. I was almost tempted to join Keep you in that because bourbon is my sad drink. Mm. But and now I get to share one with Grace, and <laughs> you're the odd man out. That's fine. <laughs> you say that like I care. Um, so, Grace, would you like to lead us on toast? <clears throat> To Jenny Callender, Yana Calderash, mm. we never learned wh- where you dangled that dangly thing from. <laughs> <laughs> you will be missed. Cheers. Broken hearts and broken necks. Oh. <laughs> I think Grace is really tempted to pour one out for Jenny. <laughs> I mean. Pour one out. <laughs> Splash. That's just a waste of alcohol. It's irresponsible. <laughs> um... You know, the first time I ever, like, heard of that tradition, I don't know how I missed it, was just a couple years ago. We were visiting John's parents, and we went to, like, where, like, I guess his, like, grandparents were, like, buried or something, which is, like, on the property, I think. Or maybe there was just, like, a memorial there or something. I don't remember. But John was like, here, pour one out for my grandparents. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, he was like, and he was like, you've never like, heard of it? And I was like, no, never. Um, I think the first time I might have heard of it was... Uh, when Ben and I were on like a kick where we were drinking like a lot of different beers and we uh and he tried like uh, when we were at Wix one time he tried Foster's like the probably mm. like the Bud Light of Australia yep and uh yeah I ended up getting one later and I was like oh god this stuff tastes like swill and so I tagged him in a picture on Facebook he's like pour one out for me no seriously <laughs> pour that out right now <laughs> All right, so I suppose we should talk about about passion. Um, it's an emotion that one can feel. Get out. Okay. Hey, Angel opens this up, says passion. I was half expecting him to say Calvin Klein. So, <laughs> so I've got the I've got this this monologue he opens with. I'm gonna I'm gonna write recite it for you. Oh my, passion. It lies in all of us, sleeping, waiting, and though unwanted, unbidden, it will stir. Open its jaws and howl. It speaks to us, guides us. Passion rules us all, and we obey. What other choice do we have? Passion is the source of our finest moments, the joy of love, the clarity of hatred, and the ecstasy of grief. It hurts sometimes more than we can bear. (laughs) If we could live without passion, maybe we'd know some kind of peace, but we would be hollow. Empty rooms, shuttered and dank. Without passion, we'd be truly dead. 
So I wish we Sorry, had listeners it. at home, you missed Jason's interpretive dance. It's actually really upsetting that we didn't have like a camera set up for that. That was good. Um, I did. I made a choice, and I don't regret it. I, I don't regret it either. Um, so this is what opens our episode. Uh, Sans interpretive dance, unfortunately, mm. there is dancing. There Xander is dancing. and Willow are. No, Xander, Xander and Buffy, Buffy are dancing. interesting. Willow because... is eating a sucker somewhere. Apparently, no. she's at the table with Cordelia behind them. Uh, it's very interesting that like Cordy would be all right with with that because I mean there's quite a bit of space in between them. Yeah. And yeah. Xander's not a very good dancer. I do, yeah. he, it mostly involved him just like moving his shoulders around. <laughs> I did comment that like people in there should save room for the Holy Spirit. They should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Buffy and Z- God damn it, Xander and Cordy worked through their stuff last week, so I feel like Cordelia's. Living in a more secure space, more secure okay. with herself, more secure with her relationship. But not her car. Not her not car. is not secure. Her <laughs> car is not secure. Um, they, uh, there's a, the song that's playing is called uh, Never an Easy Way by Morchiba, and I think it's appropriately um, ethereal. Sorry for that weird shoulder thing. There's I there's a lot of body movement <laughs> happening at the table right now. <laughs> Should we pause and set up a camera? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Um, so I, it's, um, just at the top of here, I have to go into the weekly weird Buffy wiki synopsis. (laughs) At the bronze, Buffy and Xander blithely dance to sultry music. Sultry? While Angelus darkly watches from across the room as the weight of his predatory gaze makes everyone seem to move in a dreamlike slow motion. Angelus's voice narrates a poetic evocation of the concept of passion. Oh my God. I really need to like read this wiki. Here's the real the thing that really struck me about this episode is that Angel is doing all the same shit that he has always done since the beginning of the show. It's just extra creepy now that he's evil. He's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. He's always been weird and broody from corners. <laughs> That's his thing. But now it's malicious. Now it's malicious brooding. When he shows up in Buffy's room, it's to creep, not to provide extra position to her. <laughs> Malicious Brooding is the name of my Lana Del Rey cover band. I would listen to it. Nice. <laughs> that's really good. That's like one of your best ones. Dude, I like really I told you that like uh, Ben recently made like a playlist for me called Jason Del Rey because I said like I want to I want to listen to Norman fucking Rockwell like her latest album and he's like well do you know like Lana Del Rey at all? I'm like eh, not really and so Ben being the delightfully extra person that he is made me a whole playlists on Spotify. That's amazing. Please, will you share that with me? Yeah. <laughs> but on Spotify, see, kids today... What is your issue with Spotify? Nothing's my issue. I'm just saying, when you make a Would playlist you like it for on someone a photograph? on Spotify, you didn't have to go through the work of going to the Target, buying that big-ass stack of blank CDs, going home and carefully curating it on iTunes and then burning the CD, like I did for you many a time, Grace. Is there okay, something snarky you... comments. Yeah, is there something erased, you want to get off I your chest, man? I won't say anything. <laughs> I did want to ask you to burn me a CD later. <laughs> <laughs> I have blank like, CDs. I just have a CD drive in my, uh, yeah. my computer. I'll burn <laughs> um, so, so, so Angelus is basically stalking them in the bronze. They don't notice. Um, Somehow. So, yeah. He literally kills a girl next to them. Right in front of them. They, um... They're still riding the high from last week. (laughs) Um, 
Which, let's just say that there haven't been any consequences, really, besides, like, Cordy, like, being with, uh, with Xander full-time now. <laughs> um, those Willow sure as hell isn't, uh, isn't holding any grudges, even though it seemed like she was going to. Yeah, we, we definitely have swept, uh, last week's noise under the rug for this week. What was the last episode? <laughs> Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. More information, please. Uh, I don't remember love, what that the was The love about. spell. Xander's love spell. All the women oh, love... Oh, all of them. Got it. All the women love Xander. Got it. No, no one... I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you not get that memo? Xander. He's the fucking worst. Sorry, hey, can I... That's my Excuse line. Excuse me, can I say fuck on this show? You can. Great. But now we're going to get the little E on the Spotify episode. We have it every week. <laughs> Goals. Um, that night at Buffy's home, she gets into bed wearing a big puffy shirt, but no bottom. No Which pants. is clearly, it is clearly the only half of a pajama suit. <laughs> pajama suit? Yeah. What, what the hell else am I going to say? A set of pajamas? Yes. <laughs> Fine, it's clearly only half of a set of pajamas. God, the, the shade in this episode towards me. Yeah, it's really dark in this room right now. Um, as Buffy goes to bed... Who should come into her room? But Joyce. It's not Joyce, unfortunately. It's not Joyce. It's Angelus. Uh, and he just kind of looks at her and strokes her face. and yep. You know, just some casual face touching, as you do. Yeah. Um, I do, all the time. I'm touching my own face right now. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing you know that, that you, with us. Do you know that you touch your face about 200 times per day? Why is that something that you know? Yeah, but now you're going to think about every time you're touching your face. I mean, probably. So thanks for that. <laughs> you're welcome. Just going to count. Just get like a clicker. It'll be like, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tizzy pop? How many times do you touch your face each day? Um, so. What? Nothing. Already going sad. for a refill there, man. Wow, we're, we're not Jenny very far calendar's away. dead, y'all. I'm sad about it. I'm going to drink. <laughs> Uh, so the next morning, Buffy awakes to find, um, so her instincts are off at the beginning of this episode, like, doesn't notice, I would say throughout the episode. Um, doesn't notice the the girl getting killed right next to her, doesn't notice the man in her room while she sleeps touching her face. I really envy that. Like, she apparently got eight solid (laughs) hours of very deep Oh my god, like, the last time that happened, I don't remember (laughs) when, but I do remember thinking, like... Wow, that's the sleep that I should be getting, like, all, <laughs> all the, the time. time. <laughs> um, it's She opens the envelope to find a picture of her. It's very good. Yeah, really no, good. Like, this Angelus guy, he's going places if he follows that art talent. So, my question is, like, did, was Angel that good of an artist? Or is this apparently newfound ability, like, related to his evil, soulless self? So... I would, while I enjoy the idea that he's only a good artist when he's evil, <laughs> I, I the am leather gonna, pants are really uh, bring it out. I am gonna have to uh, to go with uh, Angel is just a good artist. He's, I mean, what else are you gonna do in Ireland? Back I was gonna say then? he's two hundred years old. He has a lot of time yeah. to practice. Um, actually, for two hundred, frankly, that's pretty basic stuff. <laughs> He's also a very Harrison is flautist. not impressed <laughs> um, It's like in 30 Rock Where um, the uh, Kenneth does the drawing for Jenna And she's like Did you do this? This is awful for an adult 
Um, Boy, I don't know how, how off the rails this episode's gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Buffy arrives in the school. She tells Giles what's going on. Um, they, she wants some way to get him de-invited to her home. And Cordelia gave Angel a ride one time in her car. So she really needs a way to de-invite Angel from her car. By the way, guys, this is like a joke that continues throughout the episode, even after the really awful things that happen (laughs) in the episode. I have to give Cordelia credit, though. Like, she... She's on it. She is she a is, woman she, with a mission. She is arguably, like, the most logical thinker in this entire episode. Fair. Although, it, it is funny, though, that no one bothers to be like, it doesn't work that way, Cordelia. They just go along with it. <laughs> they just know. They have to let it run its course. <laughs> yeah. And she, but you're right, she gets them to do the de-invitation on her car. She trades her car with her grandma's so that, I guess, her grandma can be killed by it. That is literally like... I mean, her like grandma's the, old. She's had a... She's had that a is the life. only thing that Cordelia talks about in this entire episode. That's true. That is true. Oh my god. She doesn't talk about anything else. <laughs> like, no, the I, only comment does. that she makes after Ginny Calendar dies, like, do you, like, I can give you a ride to Giles' house, which is about her car. She which makes, is full of garlic. <laughs> she makes one unrelated comment, and it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a, it's an poor taste on her behalf. She wasn't doing it on purpose. But she does inquire about the lack of fish in Willow's Aquarium. That's true. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, this okay. So uh, this episode, one of the things that's so good about it is such a it's a, such a good encapsulation of what Buffy is and what Buffy does well. You've got all these really well written and well acted dramatic scenes. Yes. You've got the horror scenes that are legitimately terrifying. Yeah. You've got the heartbreak and you've got the humor. I, I don't want to go all like Stefan on you, but like this episode has it all. So. Oh, the next God. episode is called. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, at this point, uh, while they're discussing, sorry, a, <laughs> a pair of students um, come into the library. One of whom is student. Um, will be known as Jonathan eventually. Spoiler! Um, you said there would be no spoilers! <laughs> we spoiled that the first time you appeared on accident. <laughs> um, and then there is a girl who I like to call not Ellie Kemper. <laughs> <laughs> because well, That's true, she's not Ellie Kemper. I literally, like, I, the first time I watched it, I was like, is that Ellie Kemper? Who, at the time, I only knew as Aaron from The Office. So I think, more accurately, what I said was probably, is that Aaron from The Office? And um, I looked it up, and it is not. Um, it's just another pale, red-headed actress. Um, There's more than one. There, Yeah. Weird. Um, yeah, there's you, one. You in think Buffy. equity would do something about that? <laughs> <laughs> there, it's like the Highlander. There can only be one. It's like a death match between Amy Adams, Jessica Chastain, and Ilsa Fisher. Who would win? Mm. I feel like you're the most qualified person to answer this question. You know, I, I think, I, I think Ilsa Fisher would be mm. the surprise winner. <laughs> like, I, I think she, no one would really take her seriously. And she just starts like slitting throats. <laughs> like, you know, ain't like no. I, think, um, herself into the I told you. The other two take care of I told you about my uh, 
my idea for a movie where, um, like, uh, Jessica Chastain and Amy Adams are friends, and then both of their identities are stolen by, like, this criminal duo played by Isla Fisher and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, right? I, you have. Yeah. And it makes me think of my movie idea where Patricia Clarkson and Julianne Moore are sisters, <laughs> and Julianne Moore's daughters are... Is it yeah, Julianne Moore's daughters are Emma Stone and Karen Gillan, and Patricia Clarkson's <laughs> daughters are Amy Adams and Jessica Chastain. I don't know what the plot of the movie is, but, <laughs> but I know the lineage. Need one. <laughs> um, what was happening in the episode again? So, uh, oh yeah, the two people come into the library. Everyone is not so Ellie confused. Kemper. Yeah, Jonathan and not Ellie Kemper come into the library. Um, they need a book about Stalin, and everyone is like, "What the fuck?" Why would you expect to come into this room and find a book? Yeah, it's a lot. Just It's yeah. John, Xander says, um, "What do you think this is? A Barnes and Noble?" And Xander and Giles is like, "Xander, this is a school library. Since when?" Um, Xander which sucks. It's kind of a fair point, it's but okay. also yes, Xander still Xander sucks. Xander does suck, but he makes both a good things point. are true. Guys, get your chat alerts ready. <laughs> um, and uh, a little bit of trivia, this is one of two episodes where um, a student comes into the library to actually get a book. There's only, th- two, only two in the entire show? Entire show. It's this episode, wow. and then Never Kill a Boy on the First Date from season one, um, where Owen comes in to find a book of poetry. That's it. We will never see another student use the library for its intended purpose. For non-occult purposes. Yeah. Wow. Um... <laughs> So uh, they just leave. Xander or Giles points them in the right direction, and they go. They just, they just well, they obviously leave. can't talk about uh, vampire-related stuff while there are other people in the library. It's true. You're right. But it does make me question Giles' qualifications to be a librarian. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's, it is a cover. <laughs> It is a public school. <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably that more germane. That a little that. too hard, man. Yeah. Does it? Neither of you went to public schools. Yeah, sure. but I worry about the state of our public education. Fair. Okay, fine. But and I, I did, actually experienced. And I did go it. to University of Louisville, a public um, university. Okay. Okay. Public elementary, middle, and high school is look, very different from look, a public Look, Gracie, all you know that you didn't actually go to school. You were raised by wolves. You know, they were very well-informed wolves. They taught me how to write an MLA format, which has actually proved to be pretty important. MLA. Well. <laughs> MLA! <laughs> oh, my God. And that... It's where we have arrived. Uh, it's where wolf we have arrived. <laughs> so, about uh, <laughs> that synopsis, huh? So while um, they are discussing, um, Cordelia makes the great point: Why do you just leave a picture? Why didn't you just slit your throat and be done with it? That's what I'm saying. And the most logical thinker in the entire episode. It's really great while Cordelia is saying this. Buffy just like is just like looking at Giles, like horrified. Um, but Giles explains this is his MO. This is Angelus's thing. He likes, as we already know with his with Drusilla, he likes fucking with people's head. He likes, you know, torturing them emotionally before he kills them. It's much more likely that he'll kill all of 
Buffy's family and friends and computer science teachers before <laughs> uh, before he all of her, her computer science teachers, not just Jenny Calendar. What about the next one? That you would be Willow. Willow. <laughs> She's the interim. <laughs> um, so um, Buffy is understandably worried about her mother. Um, so this really drives this plot forward that they need to find a way of keeping. And jealous out of her home. Which, like, why didn't they think of that before? Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's and always a thing is, that has bothered me. It's fair, but this is the first time he has really, since he lost his soul, mm-hmm. has has come into her home. He tried last week. He was going on Valentine's Day to attack Buffy. but And he pulls Xander out of yeah, her window. Because Buffy was currently a rat. Um, so Slash hosting SNL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, I think this is the first. I think it's just the first time that it became a thing that they thought about. Which, but that's my point though. <laughs> yeah. Like, why wasn't that anyway? It's fine. Um, so, Miss in Miss Calendar's computer class, um, Jenny asks Willow to cover for her the next day because she's going to be late. Really seems like an inappropriate thing for a teacher to ask of a student. Um, yeah. Do substitute another... teachers not not exist anymore? You know, not. I'm going to go. This is my head cannon. Uh, no, they don't. They're all dead. <laughs> the school actually has to rely on students filling in because there are so many dead teachers in this school. Um, I mean, the, the, at the rate that teachers die at Sunnydale, I can imagine, like, nobody wanting to be anywhere near Or, like, there. probably the insurance claims would just be too much. They can't afford substitute teachers. <laughs> um... Uh, and, you know, the last substitute teacher we saw was a fucking praying mantis. So. That's true. Um, so, yeah. Willow is first... Willow goes through th- three emotions really quickly that I think we should discuss. First, she goes through the emotion of delight. She's like, yes, what I've always wanted. You know, Power. <laughs> then she goes to worry. She's... she's what if they don't listen to me? Yeah, what if there's a fire drill? What if there's a fire? Which... I find stressful. Um, yes. Because, um, just for listeners. Um, <laughs> Sometimes your place of employment catches on fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my yeah, my place of employment uh, had a fire about a little less than two years ago that we only... Speaking of fires... Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that we only just, like, got through the recovery of. So anytime someone's like, fires, I'm like, oh, God. Um, and then her next emotion is power. You know, can she give detention? Can she make them run laps? Where? Like, is she going to send them to the gym to run laps? No, in the computer lab. (laughs) Which, as we discover later, would be a really bad idea. Because those computers are flammable. (laughs) What if there's a fire? That was a legit concern. (laughs) (laughs) It's fair. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, um, So, as... um, when Buffy and Giles come in and there's a bit of an awkward moment, uh, Willow immediately defends talking to Jenny. She's like, she's a teacher and you have to like, talk to the teacher because they're in charge. And if you don't listen, then chaos could ensue. Um, but they leave and Giles and Jenny have a, a moment. So Giles kind of catches Jenny up to speed, gets her like, um, and they, um, Jenny gives him a book that she's been using research for that she doesn't have that she thinks might be helpful for the de-invitation spell. 
which it is. How convenient. Um, they, um, you know, they, and then they talk about this betrayal that happened between them. And um, I just, I really like that they take a little time to show us Jenny's side. And, you know, she, as she mentions, she was raised by these people. You know, that's the first thing she ever learned. She, one of my favorite lines that she says is, I didn't come here to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the one, all the time um, that this is going on, the Jenny and Giles love theme is playing. And it's so pretty. And so melancholy. Nice, nice little piano chords. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, and she tells him she fell in love with him. And it's sweet. Which, how and can you not? immediately tries to retract it. Immediately. <laughs> how can you not fall in love with Rupert Giles? I mean, His name is Rupert. Rupert. And look at how hot he was at the end of the episode when he was, like, trying to murder Angel. At the oh, end of the episode. I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I, I have a thing for destruction. <laughs> John's such a lucky man. <laughs> um... But um, despite all of this, Giles does tell her that, in so many words, he's on Buffy's side. And when Buffy's ready, he's ready. And it's like, oh, what a good dad. What a good dad. <laughs> Way better than Buffy's actual dad. Hank. On his spinoff it makes a, it makes a It really makes like this, this scene at the end of the episode hit home. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so, Grace, you just mentioned the spinoff. Have you never discussed um, the spinoff we before? Haven't, but I think this is Wait, a good place I, to. But can we? Because I think every other character in the spinoff has not appeared on the show yet. So, so we'll have to parse out this information over a while. Grace and I have an imaginary spinoff. We have two imaginary spinoffs. That's true. <laughs> we have one imaginary spinoff that's all of our favorite, like, minor one-off characters, mm-hmm. and then another imaginary spinoff that's all of our least favorite characters. Starring Buffy's fucking dad. <laughs> um, so, so yes, as we start getting introduced to more of those characters, we'll, we'll give that information in. Something um, tells me that Kane has to be in this spinoff. You know, I don't think he's ever been a blip on our radar, but he can be. Kane's the guy from uh, Phases. Who the hunts were- werewolves. The werewolf hunter. Wow, yeah, I have no memory of him. <laughs> he can be in the shitty spinoff, yeah. I don't care. He's the embodiment of toxic masculinity. Oh, de- he's definitely going in the shitty spinoff then. <laughs> um, so, uh, that night at... Uh, gosh, the wiki is in rare form today. So I'm just going to read it. Over supper that evening, Joyce asks Buffy to tell her what's wrong, and Buffy decides to give her a sanitized version of the Angel Celestian Jealous Saga. Ooh. But it's <laughs> Who fine. Who writes this wiki? It's fine because Fans. Joyce has read all the parenting books. She knows what to do. She doesn't know what she to do. She does not know what to she do. She is unprepared for this scenario. I... You know, you say you read all the parenting books, but, I mean, having been to Barnes & Noble... A few times. Every now and again, I walk through the parenting section. There are a lot of books. There are a lot of books. So I have questions I for saying. you that I think we're going to address off air. <laughs> no, like, because sometimes you just browse through Barnes & Noble. Specifically the parenting section. I've been through the Christianity section, even though I'm an agnostic. Boo. Poor Boo. man's atheist. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but there are a lot of parenting books, and... There's Joy- no way that you could read them all and still but have time. But Joyce did. She I did. mean, does she read any other books? No. No. But 
But I agree with Jason, though. There's really no time for her to have read all the parenting two books while also running a gallery and going off every night to do belly shots. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. She read all the parenting books in 1998. <laughs> there were less then. So yeah, pretty much like Dr. Spock and Dr. Lipschitz. <laughs> sure. Wait. I, you know what? I was like six that that math took me too long to yeah, do it i was like six in so, 1998 so i'm not actually all right, sure what so, kind of parenting books all right were out there. so dr benjamin spock is well, actually okay, i'm sorry i know who dr spock do you is. know who dr lipschitz is fucking idiot. hold on is, yes. he, is dr okay. lipschitz actually real I no he's a fictional okay. character on rugrats okay no seriously though i was about to be like i always thought that was a fake doctor from rugrats it is <laughs> Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Just for a second, I panicked and was like, was this a real doctor this whole time? It's kind of how I thought for a long time. No, he's but, actually yeah. a parody of Dr. Spock. That's what I thought. Yes. So when you said that, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Just like I always thought that Randy Newman was black for a very long time. <laughs> oh my. Nope. Um, Lip so, shit. <laughs> so we get this scene where Buffy no, basically tells her mom that her ex-boyfriend is stalking her. And I can't imagine being Buffy's mom. What? What's happening? There's a real Dr. Lipschitz. <laughs> but he's a dentist. So? Still a doctor. He's at the University of Rochester Medical Center. There you go. All right. Dr. Lipschitz. Now you know. And so knowing sorry. is half the battle. Dr. Lipschitz at Rochester, if you're listening... Hey. <laughs> that would be so funny if he actually was a listener and he's like, oh my god, they're talking about me! <laughs> Sorry, we called you fake. Can we, can we like, give a toast to Dr. Lipschitz here? Yeah. To Dr. Wayne Lipschitz. He'll be a dentist. He already is a dentist. He is a dentist. There you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, Buffy. So, so Joyce... We're really uh, getting to the booze part of booze and Buffy here. <laughs> Joyce is uh, basically learning that her daughter's being stalked. Um, Which, and didn't we like say before that like, oh, here's this long black package that uh, Buffy got in the last episode. Yeah. Why didn't she like raise any concerns well, about Well, we don't that? know if she did because the scene cuts away immediately. Mm-hmm. And the next time we see her, she's under a spell. So... This is the first time yeah. we see her in her like right state of mind since we saw that black package. Yeah. Here, here's another thing that I kind of appreciated about this episode. I think it's relatively understated, but I think it's it's good. Um, is that you know Buffy goes to various people and says this is happening. Like he's stalking me. He's in my room, and basically gets told you should ignore it and hope it goes away. Yeah, which is terrible fucking advice. Um, it's, I, I, it's just another one of those places in the show where they manage to highlight a real serious issue. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I think it's relatively understated in, in the episode, but yeah. still important. And we get that there. from Giles, we get it from Willow, and we get it from, um, do we get it from Joyce? We don't get it from I Joyce. I don't think so. Like, um, her, her response to it is probably not as helpful as it should be, but it's not, yeah. it's not just ignore it and get over it. It's In, in, in fairness to Joyce, this is, like, her first time even knowing that, like, yeah. the whole Buffy Angel thing is happening. Yeah. Like, and God, Joyce, get caught up on the episodes. While, you know, we do, she, Buffy does underplay it a lot. Yeah. She, yeah. she does not press the seriousness of it. 
Um, but I, I mean, do think I think that's mean, an issue in itself. Yeah. Because she's never encouraged to mm-hmm. give any more information about it. Just, yeah. you know. Well, Giles actively happened. encourages her to keep her mother out of it because mm-hmm. of the whole secret identity thing. So, um, so she's definitely underplaying it and basically just saying, like, it's interesting if she says, um, if he shows up, I'll talk to him, but don't invite him into the house. Um, which... At that it's point, interesting. at that point, like he hasn't been like forcibly removed yeah. from the house yet. Yeah. And I do want to say, um, having seen this in multiple shows, I have to say, like, if you can like trust the Xanders and Willows of the world, <laughs> um, even Cordelia's in on it. At that point, you have to be able to trust your parents. Yeah. And like. They may have a, in, they may have like a uh, an adverse reaction at first, but I mean, like, we know that Joyce loves Buffy. Mm-hmm. Like, Buffy knows that Joyce loves her, and she has to trust her with this, mm-hmm. and not not as a last resort either. Like, oh, you happen to find out, and or you happen to find out this aspect of me, and now you have to. Now I have to like come full circle. Like I have to come forward with this. You have to trust her. Yeah. Like you have to trust your parents. So this is where um, we've discussed it before. We can really get into the queer reading yes. of Buffy. Um, that Buffy is in the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I I would argue it, it probably it's a bit of a contrivance. I think at this point. Yeah. That but the choice is still out of the loop. They they are stretching it thin. Yeah. Um, like my my ability to believe that she hasn't caught on yet, but um, but for that metaphor, it's it's potent, um, mm-hmm. and it is. Um, Grace and I were talking about this the other night, um, which was spurred on by a conversation I had with my mom um, while we were having dinner. Is sometimes no matter how much you know, like your parents love you, no matter how much you you do trust them. Or even that you know that they know. Yeah. It's still fucking scary. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's hard to overcome the, it's hard for the intellect to overcome the emotional Mm -hmm. in situations like that. So yeah, it's complicated. It's, it's complex. Human feelings. Okay. A lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm speaking from my place of privilege. No, it's okay. It's important to have the discussions. Um, So... But seriously, though, something really tragic happens. Willow is at her house talking to Buffy on the phone. Oh my god! And <laughs> uh, god damn it, this wiki. She putters around the room. <laughs> what? It's not inaccurate. It's just a very interesting way that they chose to phrase that. Um, she she sees an envelope on her bed. Um, she oh, well first. She, she feeds her fish. She feeds her fish. Or so she thinks. She feeds the fish tank. <laughs> um, she opens the envelope and she pulls a string. I guess it's fishing wire. Or that would make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at least three of her fish are are impaled upon this. And how much time? Like, he had to get each fish he, out of the tank. He does not have half. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and Jealous does not do things by halves. He's like... <laughs> like so I just... 
it's one of those things like in um like in the original Halloween where Michael kills um after Michael kills Bob, he puts the the sheet over his head with the like the ghost costume and goes and kills Linda. They never sh- show you, but what presumably had to happen was Michael Myers had to get a sheet, cut the eye holes out. <laughs> hey, if you're going to do something, you put in the damn effort. Right? So it's Don't like, underestimate the power of creativity. So I'm just imagining Angelus, like, goes and scoops out a fish, sits on Willow's bed, skewers the fish, goes and scoops out another fish. Humming Mandy all the while. <laughs> Did you say humming Mandy? Yeah. <laughs> Look it in your eyes. Oh see a memory. That'll make more sense later, people. Oh my gosh, that's How beautiful. You made me, oh um, but uh, Grace, you wanted to you wanted to do a little something here for uh, for the I fish. I mean, like a lot of tragic things happen in this episode, but Willow's fish. They did not deserve that. They did not deserve that. They were just little. Little, little fish living their best fish lives. I think we need to have another toast for them. We Cheers. also never learned where they dangled their dangling things from. It was truly a So tragedy. long, and thanks for all the for fish. All the fish. <laughs> I've named Guys, them. I just want to say, I think I'm personally killing it with all these toasts. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Kind of like Angelus is personally killing it all through this episode. Uh, <laughs> So, I'll see myself out of the podcast. <laughs> I'll take your wine. Um, also, here I've, it is if you want. I've it. named the fish. Oh. I've named them um, uh, Belinda, Giselle, and Bella after the Glee team from My Dad Wrote a Porno. So, uh, cool. Does that mean something to you? Well, guess what? You named them, and now it hurts even worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna hurt a lot worse when it goes the fuck overboard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we get this really beautiful, like just smash cut to Willow <laughs> and Buffy in Buffy's bed, pajama clad, holding stakes. But know, a typical sleepover. It makes me think. You know, Willow is in a safer place. Willow's parents are not. Nope, <laughs> they are still there. Presumably, I mean. Um, I was about to say, no one bothers to check on Xander, but... Who Why cares? would they? <laughs> I don't... I also feel like Angelus knows that nobody would actually care about <laughs> You're like, nah, I'm gonna target the ones they actually Even care he about. doesn't want... And in fairness, I cannot think of any scenario in which An- Angel would have ever been invited into Xander's well, house. Well, that's true, yeah. Um, we know he got invited into Willow's house. Um, obviously Buffy's house. <laughs> Cordelia's car. And Cordelia's car. I almost said car. Charisma's car. Charisma's car. Because, you know, Charisma Carpenter and I are on a first name basis. She's my good buddy. Oh. Charisma, if you're listening, please accept Grace's friend request. Please. She just seems so fun. Mm. Like, like I, I follow her on Twitter and Instagram, and she just, she just seems really cool. And It's also a great name. It is a great name. And it's... It's my favorite D&D stat. Right? Actually, I say that all of my characters have low charisma. Oh. (laughs) It's more fun that way. But then you have one character with high charisma who's also a carpenter. Whoa! Whoa. I gotta go get a character sheet. (laughs) And that was Grace, everybody. It's gonna be be like a really specific joke. Like, like maybe two other people at the table will get it. Maybe. Um... So, um, they, 
they have this great conversation where Buffy tells Willow she's, you know, feeling really helpless. She is, you know, she would have run, turned to Angel in a situation like this, and now she can't. And Willow says, um, she says Angel's completely different, and Willow says... He's still thinking about you. Yeah, you're um, you're the only thing he thinks about. That's not really a good thing, though. <sighs> yeah, I was like, Willow, that's not comforting. <laughs> I, I don't know that it was meant to be. <laughs> but you know, just in case you were here. ever thinking about maybe giving it another shot... <laughs> still thinking about you. Willow is the good friend who's like, do not go back to your ex. Do not go back to your ex. And Buffy's like, well, you know, maybe he's different now. He's, he's so hot. We've seen him in those leather pants. Oh my god, those leather pants. All that brooding in the corner. Oh. And now it's even sexier. So, <laughs> because it's more dangerous. He might kill one of our friends or like our computer science teacher. Okay. It's so sexy. And like, and like you say that and she's like slowly like unbuttoning her blast and putting her hand. <laughs> Like, oh man. So... While we're on the subject of how hot Angel is, <laughs> it's a slight tangent, but um, so for Christmas, um, Grace got me a oh, Buffy yeah. coloring book, Aww. which I took to work and Good. is and is now one of the coloring books uh, because where I work one in of. my office, we have a lot of coloring books. We do a lot of coloring. It's a very productive workspace. <laughs> and um, I was looking through it with uh, with someone, and there's a. Um, one of the pictures in there is like a dramatic, like Angel Buffy, like close moment. But Angel is not wearing a shirt in it, and they have illustrated a nipple. There is no an actual nipple. An angel nip. Where what the, color did you color it? Haven't colored it yet. Mm. But it's gonna be. I'm thinking real maybe pink. like a salmon, possibly. Or... Nice I'm gonna get like the whitest crayon I can for the rest of his skin, and like the pinkest one I can. Now for remember, you have to like color the, color the lips the same color because That's your true. lips are the same color as your nipples. Grace <laughs> is so upset to know that now. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, I can't unhear that. Yeah, Everyone but you know what? The what next time your nipples are the next, ah! the next time that she walks into the bathroom, she's gonna be like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Apparently, in that scenario, I'm always topless when I go into the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just every hey, time. You do you, Grace. You do you. <laughs> That's why she's topless in the bathroom. Oh, sorry. Grace gets very unfairly sexualized on this podcast. <laughs> yes. During I Robot the two you times Jane. I've been on. Wait, did, was I sexualized during I Robot You Jane? Yeah, every, we kept talking about you like flooding your pants whenever Jenny Calendar was on screen. <laughs> Bluesh. <laughs> also, I ah, having cool. listening to like our last few episodes, I feel like I may have a trend of like saying sploosh at least oh, once. You do a lot. Okay. You also say a lot of really gay things. <laughs> <laughs> I think I even made the comment in one episode like none of our viewers are going to believe that I'm straight. I'm starting not but to believe viewers, it. viewers, I mean listeners. <laughs> I can't help it guys. Like David Boreanaz, come on, the yeah. leather pants. <laughs> sure. So Grace is like, no, not uh, me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, sure, leather pants on a uh, man. <laughs> Now, but if there is the anything else going on, you guys should respect me for it. <laughs> um, all right, so we, you know, we so much has happened in this episode. We have not discussed the introduction of a major new character to the Buffyverse. One of the most important ones. Are we talking about Sunshine? Sunshine the dog. Miss Sunshine. (laughs) Miss Sunshine. 
the puppy. <laughs> so <laughs> who survives? Yeah. Miss Sunshine lives. So um, Grace and I have had canon because Miss Sunshine is never seen again after this episode. But Grace and I have had canon that Miss Sunshine is whatever Drusilla appears. Miss Sunshine is there, just off somewhere. Screen. She's taking a nap or something. No. I, don't know, I like thinking that maybe she gets adopted by not Ellie Kemper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be really sweet, but I also really just like the idea that Drusilla is going around doing Drusilla things with this tiny puppy yeah. at all times. I'm, I'm really into that. In our... And just somehow not eating her. New spinoff. Drusilla, Drusilla and Miss Sunshine. Miss Sunshine. Oh we got the title right there. Be like a weird supernatural Thelma and Louise kind of. I'm into it. Adventure. Or we could give it a like a weird name, like the new Harley Quinn movie. It's like um, Drusilla and the totally fantabulous emancipation of Miss Sunshine. Oh my god! I'm more excited for that than I am for the actual Birds of Prey movie. Listeners, please make fan art. I repeat, (laughs) listeners, please make fan art. But make it, like, uh, just use pencils so that way we can color it. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, coloring books! Please do not illustrate nipples. (laughs) It is our one request. Um, So, um, for context, um, Drusilla brings Spike this puppy. She comes in, he's still in a wheelchair. Um, He's not happy, he's very, very grumpy. And he... Let me see if the wiki has, like, the full quote, because, um, they don't. They never have the right one. So, she's like, I brought you a present. She pulls the puppy out. His owner died without a fight. God. <laughs> Open oh, up. Drusilla one-liners. <laughs> oh my God. And then she does, yeah, she tries to airplane the puppy to him. <laughs> I do love that, like, when she does eventually hand the puppy to Spike, James Marster's first instinct is to just hold it and pet it. Yeah. (laughs) I really feel like that wasn't an acting choice. I think it was, like, an involuntary reaction. I know, and I love it. Um, So, Angelus comes in. Um, He's not as ableist as he's been in the last couple episodes, but he still says something shitty. Spinning your wheels. Spinning your wheels, While you're spinning your wheels. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's an evil dude. He's, uh, he's pretty bad. Um, but then, uh, Drusilla has, uh, has a vision that someone is wanting to destroy their happy home. Um, this is, uh, not a happy home. Uh, Drusilla is quite mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> there is, a, in fact, quite a lot of distension in the ranks of this That's home. True. Um, you know, it's it's never a happy home when your when your husband is in a wheelchair and you arguing are arguing with your other husband. Yeah, you, yeah, you're you're openly having an affair with <laughs> with your dad. <laughs> oh, oh. oh no. Um. So the next day before school, we see what Jenny's errand was. Um. It was shopping. So I don't know why she. Maybe she thought it would take longer to 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 get this orb than. Maybe she just didn't think she would want to come into school. <laughs> By the way, can we talk about how this shopkeeper, after he does his whole... Um, I love it. He it's does his great. whole, like, uh, wacky, like, ooh, would you be interested in, like, a... Like, love he, potion? He, yeah, she then, like, asked for, like, the orb of... What is it again? The orb of Thessala. Thessala. The orb of Thessala. Very, like, she's just like, I want an orb of Thessala. Just I like, almost said like, orb of Thessalonians, which is, like, <laughs> a letter that else. the Apostle Paul wrote to. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yes. anyway. It's accurate. Good Bible. Like, 
But anyway, I feel bibled. Um, but then, like, he... I need to take a shower. <laughs> By the way, while you're in there, check the color. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> anyway, um, I, he drops the accent, but his actual accent is like super Bronx, yeah. like New York accent. I'm like, God, did Jenny go all the way to the Bronx for this Maybe fucking order? Maybe she did. <laughs> Maybe it's really impressive that she got to school it's when she did. pretty amazing. She just got right off the plane, went <laughs> Looking straight great. to work. I maybe I maybe shouldn't have another glass of wine, but this shit is happening, guys. <laughs> it's already more than halfway gone. Damn. Um. So the the shopkeeper tells her it is great how he um don't like it. I can't tell. Oh my god. <laughs> Good. More for me. I don't know how I feel about that 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 rosé. It's a rosé Pinot Noir. So, Drive my car. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. Myanmar. Roseanne Barr. He's our <laughs> 80s TV stars. Um, I, I do love this bit though, and he just he drops the accent for a much broader accent. Um, but just this looks like, oh, sorry about the shtick. Just like, you know, I gotta pay the bills. Uh, and this this is what gets customers to buy. Um, but he um, he tells her that the orb is basically useless um it will summon something from the ether but it's basically useless without the ritual of registration um which they um there are no existing like translations of it and there are no refunds exposition 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 refunds um and jenny i do want to say that like when she gives when she pays by card you can hear the <laughs> of the yes. manual card yeah. Thank reader. Thank you, 1998. It makes me so happy. So the last time I had to do that was I think it was for your wedding when I when I had Harrison's to get my tux. No, no, when I had to get your, my tux from Men's Warehouse, the one that I went to, the credit card machine went down, uh, and um, I was the only person because there were like a couple other people there. I was the only person who had a credit card that could actually be read by that manual oh, wow. card reader. Wow. And, like, everybody else was like, oh, man, this is stupid. Like, I need the tuxedo right now. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? One of my, when I worked at Kroger, we had one of those. And it was so much fun. And I, like, I loved it when the credit card machine went down because I was like, I get to play with the credit card thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I very, very briefly worked at a Subway. In a Walmart. In a Walmart, yeah. I so not Subway. Not just a Subway. <laughs> a Subway inside a Walmart. It was a very particular <laughs> brand of clientele that we got in there. Um, I was and thinking about getting Taco Bell after doing this episode, but now I might go eat fresh. That gets a, that's probably a healthier choice for you. I, I encourage Fuck that. It. I'm going back to Taco Bell now. <laughs> that's it's probably fun. better for your mental health. <laughs> Honestly. Um, no, our uh, credit card machine broke all fucking time mm. because it was a subway in a Walmart. Um, so we, yeah, it was fun to use them. It's really fun. It was like kind of like an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, so I have something to say about this orb of Thessala. Um, so Jenny tells him that he's like, oh, she's going to use a computer to translate the, the spells. Which, okay, Techno pagan battle. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, Reverse the new um, polarity of the neutron flow. <laughs> Techno pagan battle is the name of my Daft Punk cover band. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. I liked your Lana Del Rey one better, but yeah, that one was still that solid. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the, the shop owner wants to know what she's going to summon, and she's like... A gift for my friend. And he's like, oh, well, what kind of gift? And she's, so we get this close up. It's, 
of her holding the orb really close to her face. It glows dramatically, and I wrote, the orb of Thessala is a drama queen. (laughs) (laughs) It totally is. And she goes, his soul. (laughs) End of scene. (laughs) Um, I mean, like, I'm making fun, but I also love that moment. Like, it is one of my, like, iconic, like, Buffy moments. Um, It's the image of on the disc menu of is the close-up of her holding the orb and it's really important because uh she's doing this not as revenge mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the original ritual was done by the calderash people for revenge to make angel feel mm-hmm. pain for but she's space. yeah but she's doing it one to like yeah she's doing it for love because what she i did for didn't work out. Sorry. <laughs> you know, she tried. Kiss today goodbye. <laughs> Kiss your life goodbye. <laughs> but say hello to your soul. Like, I, I, I think the link like, below the episode is a... our full rendition <laughs> of the entire uh, recording of Chorus Line. Can we do that, though? Because that's With lines fun. adjusted for this episode. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think that is an important point because she does make the... She does say earlier that what she did, she did because, like, this is her people. Like, mm-hmm. these are the people, her family. And the going back again to found family, like, not just Giles, but also, like, the kids as well. Like, they are her found family, and now she's trying to do right by yeah. them. Yeah. I, it, remind, it reminds me of an episode, I can't remember what episode it was, but several episodes back, um... Some shit's going on. Is it? It might have been innocence. Um, they're or no, it's surprise. They're talking about the judge being um, uh, resurrected, and Giles is basically saying like exactly what horrible, awful things will happen. And Jenny just there's this one moment I really like where Jenny just says real softly, she just touches him and goes, "Rupert, the kids." Um, and it's such a it's a it's a touching moment because she, you know, yes, they have to deal with this shit, but she's also recognizing that these are kids. Um, so clearly the episode yeah. ends with all of them going to live in like a big house together and <laughs> like the Giles, by the way, <laughs> Giles and Jenny are the mom and dad oh. and then like, and then like Buffy da-da, and Willow. Yeah. Like they're, they're all, they're all like siblings. They all have like fun adventures together. They even go touring on a bus. Like, <laughs> oh, you went a different way with it. Okay. Like the Partridge family. Like the Partridge family, not the Brady Bunch. No, but it can right. be both. Because they don't always have to tour. Everything can work out great. <laughs> Until it doesn't, because this is Joss Whedon, and Joss Whedon breaks our hearts. Yeah. Joss Whedon hates us. Yeah, he really wishes all of us were dead. Yeah. Um, no, so he doesn't wish that we were dead. He just wishes, he wishes that, that we, we were suffering we're horribly. Sad. <laughs> um, work. So... Buffy, uh, they, the next day at school, or that same day at school, um, I just want to say, this is the most wine I've had, this is like the (laughs) The most most wine I've had ever. This is the most alcohol that I've had in one of these episodes, so. (laughs) It's because of sadness. Yep. Um, Willow is distraught to see Jenny Callender. Uh, she's gonna really regret those feelings, uh, Five hours of lesson plans down the drain. <laughs> oh, she's Just here. wasted. I really want to know what Willow was gonna teach them. Um, uh, How to protect your fish. <laughs> oh. 
Um, it's good. It's a good thing that she managed to get her lesson planning in done before the discovery of the fish. That's true. Or maybe she didn't. Maybe like that's what she did at Buffy's house to take her mind off of things. But maybe she was like at the library or something doing the five hours of lesson plans while Angel sat on her bed humming Mandy and, and he would have had <laughs> impaling it, her fish. It would have had to have been at night. So. Like, she obviously didn't go straight home from school. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. You know, Willow takes, killed her fish. It, take, it takes more than one song to kill those fish, so I like to think, like, after Mandy may have gone to, like, her name was Lola. She was a dancer. <laughs> maybe. Maybe he just kept singing Mandy. <laughs> um, we have this really great line where... Um, Ginny basically just said, or Bubby's like, I've noticed, you know, you've been feeling really bad. Good. Keep it up. And then she's like, no, listen, he really misses you. He doesn't say anything, but I can tell. And Buffy, it's really good. Buffy's not ready to forgive Jenny, but she still is like, I don't want him to be lonely. I don't want other people to be sad because of me. Um, And... You know, we talked, I can't remember which episode it was, but we, we had a discussion about how there are some fans who dislike Buffy as a protagonist. And I cannot comprehend that, especially because of moments like this. Like, she's willing to put aside her own pain for the people she loves to be happy. So I'm, I'm Harrison Kaufman, and I'm pro-Buffy Summers. Yeah! Thank you, thank you. Um, from here we learn that Giles has figured out the way to do the de-invitation spell. They're gonna do Buffy's house. They're gonna do Willow's house. And Cordelia's car. Yes. Um, because this is where we learn that Cordelia had to, um, switch cars with her grandma. (laughs) Um. Apparently her grandma was fine, so it didn't matter. They do Willow, they do Cordelia's car first. Then they do Willow's house. Um. We get a really funny moment of Willow <laughs> having to hide the crucifix they're nailing <laughs> because as we learned, I think officially in Bad Eggs, Willow is Jewish. Um, we learned that her father's name is Ira Rosenberg, which... Well, we always knew that Willow's last name is Rosenberg, Yeah, right? but we didn't know that her dad's name was Ira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We always knew her name was Rosenberg, so there was definitely the implication. The... <laughs> It sounded very like uh, it's always sunny. The implication, <laughs> um, but it's. I think it's not till bad eggs that it's she like explicitly states that she's Jewish, right? Um, and yeah, we learned her dad's name is Ira in this episode, um, which part of me is like, mm, did you just go for the most Jewish sounding name you could? <laughs> oh, I think there are other like yeah. more Jewish sounding <laughs> names. Um, is that Moisha? Isn't that? Um, one of the dads on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Probably. I think it's Joel's It's a dad. very Jewish name. Yeah. Um, so, Cordelia asks Willow, why are there no fish in your aquarium? <laughs> and all Willow can do is go, oh. <laughs> It's really cute. You know, that that actually like brings up a point that I just now thought about. Um, did they not tell Cordelia about that? About the fish? Yeah, or about like about the angel fit. doing creepy shit. Well, I mean, like, generally. well, I mean, like, technically, that's the same thing because they know that it was Angel who did it. I would say, I mean, I guess not because Willow goes straight to Buffy's house and then they tell Xander the next day, but Willow's not there when they tell Xander. 
So, I mean, I guess the answer is, based on her comment, no. They probably said he was in Willow's house, we have to go to okay. Willow's house, mm-hmm. but... I, I guess the answer is no. They didn't give. She a, wasn't ready to share about the, fish. the specifics. She's still in a, mourning. It was a very traumatic experience. <laughs> um, she wasn't ready to talk about it. Cordelia finds an envelope, hands it to Willow. Willow opens it, hands it to Buffy. It's a very good picture of Joyce's mom. Seriously, of oh, Joyce's mom. Oh, Joyce, <laughs> Buffy's mom. Joyce's mother, who we have never met. <laughs> Seriously, we need the uh, we need the spinoff that never happened. Uh, Angelus as an artist. <laughs> but he only draws creepy pictures. <laughs> so Angelus as an artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, at what get the next scene is at Buffy's house. Um, the scene is terrifying. Sorry, sorry. Like I just oh. immediately thought like Drusilla and Miss Sunshine. Like at the end of Family the first, at the end of the pilot. <laughs> no, at the end of the pilot. Drizil like opens up an envelope and it has a picture of Miss Sunshine in it. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> oh no! She's gotta go rescue her. <laughs> um, this scene at Buffy's house is, in in my opinion, one of the scariest. Like it's, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. It's just like this scene is scarier than I think like any monster on the show can be. Um, even if you take out the vampire context. It is a woman being confronted at her at her home by her boyfriend's unstable older ex boyfriend who is her daughter's her daughter's unstable. unstable. You're on a roll. <laughs> uh, her daughter's unstable ex boyfriend who is quite a bit larger than both of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's and he, you know, he does all the things that is is terrifying. He's 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 physically close to her. He he you know he like he, he opens says the, the words made love. He, yeah, yeah, he opens like he puts his hands on the car door before that it's open. Very scary. Yeah, oh. it's he's just doing all every intimidation tactic he can get, making sure he's between her and the and the door of the house. Um, Seriously, knocking the oranges is, out of her grocery. <laughs> this is like I mean, innocence showed us Angelus at like. Oh, this is what Angelus is like. But I think this episode, even more than anything else for the rest of this season, shows Angelus at his worst. Mm-hmm. I think it's the scariest he ever is. Yeah. Yes, um, absolutely. And and not just because, you know, obviously killing Jenny is um, is a big part of it. But it what works about this episode is it's it's such an escalation. It starts with the pictures. Then the fish, then the scene with Joyce, and it just keeps ramping up. And the episode uh, fulfills its promise of 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 death. Mm-hmm. And um, I, there is a discussion to be had, and I'm sure we'll get there about um, the uh, the fridging of female characters. But I, in, sorry, what did you just say? Fridging. fridging. Like, fridging mm-hmm. or fringing? Fridging. Do you not fridging. know that phrase? Stuffed in a fridge? I mean, I'm aware of where it came from, yeah. but I'd never actually heard people say, like, yeah. fridging. It's like a whole trope. Okay. Of, of characters who... Are, so, uh, it's yeah, a no, believe it or not, lantern it is a Green Lantern reference to when Kyle Rayner's, uh, like, right after he became the Green Lantern following Hal Jordan's fall from grace, uh, his girlfriend is stuffed into the fridge. I've, ne- I've just never heard... Mm-hmm. 
One, I was like very surprised and like, wait a minute, are we bringing up like comic book stuff now? Because yeah. that's cool. Like, um, I've obviously heard of like the girl in the fridge trope. I've just yeah. never heard like somebody say fridging. I use so. it all the time. Maybe okay, it's just me. All the time? Yeah. Why? I love talking about dead women. I'm a, I'm a little worried about like checking the fridge now. You should be. I mean, I wouldn't be worried about it unless you put a dead woman in your, like, your fridge. Or someone else put a dead woman in your fridge. I'm I mean, worried okay. about checking his fridge slash your fridge. A lot of frozen meat up there in the freezer. Um, but that is the trope. It's, We're getting into Hannibal territory more, now. More specifically, I think, just generally it refers to the killing off of a character frequently female for to um uh for the benefit of other characters other characters so that other characters can feel bad about it yeah um and i think it's a difficult trope to talk about Mm -hmm. um because there are times when it can feel like i i think in this case it's done well yes um but i think there are other times um, even within this own series, where it's not necessarily done as well. Um, and I think it's because it boils down to the fact that a lot of main characters in shows are men, and uh, even like, and also a lot of the supporting roles are men. So that makes them one more likely to have a romantic interest on the show. And hey, What's the what's the um, most effective way mm-hmm. of getting to like getting to somebody? Yeah, yeah. well, and I, I think it, it also has to do with how um, not only how the characters are killed off, but how they are used while they are still alive. Uh-huh. Um, because if that character has existed to only be uh, an emotional outlet for say a male character then that that already is an issue which we made comments on about Jenny Callum yeah and but yeah and then when you go a step further and kill that character off to just be a source of more emotional growth or Mm. journey or something for that other character then it's even more of an issue yeah you're because you're basically going you know this woman's whole purpose was to exist for this man and then to die and then to die yeah and I think the same can be said for for Probably most, um, I'll say, marginalized characters. Mm-hmm. This is also certainly true of queer characters, of characters of color, yeah. um, of trans Ooh, characters. Oh, it's very Absolutely. bad for um, for uh, lesbian characters, I believe. Like, yeah, yeah I as we're talking about this, I'm thinking of um, uh, of the hundred. I was um, thinking of that as which well, which is not actually a show that I have watched. I don't I know just, the details, yeah. but I do know that like one of the lesbian characters was killed off. For no apparent reason, yeah, in not a very good way. Like she gets, uh, it's um, the ship name is Klexa. I don't remember which one is which. I'm so sorry, hundred <laughs> fans out there. I don't know all the details. I haven't Uh-oh. watched it because I know that this happens. Harrison's stopping me from downing um, this whole bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, but but basically, um, one of them is killed sort of randomly by a stray bullet. Um, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, with like no build up to it, there's no real reason for it. The only reason it seems to have happened is to to cause drama. Drama. That make that honestly yeah. makes me think of um like the end of Lost season 2 when mm-hmm. um, like Anna Lucia was killed and then But then like uh what was the character's name? Libby. Libby, yeah. yeah. Libby was killed right after. And Anna Lucia's death made sense plot-wise. Um, but Libby and, was just there. Yeah. So I think what helps, I think we, a comment you made, Jason, really 
um, hit the nail on the head of a, of a, a point I wanted to make is that, yes, t- the TV landscape is so filled with male characters that so often women only get to exist in these sort of roles. Why Buffy is different um, and why I think it helps... Yeah, we do have the problem with Jenny, as we've discussed in past episodes, that she does largely exist to be Giles' girlfriend. Um, that role expanded a little bit in the, these last couple episodes to Like starting her, with surprise and innocence. Yeah, to include her in the Angelus arc. That helped a little. But um, she is largely an extension of Giles' character. Um, a delightful one, but nonetheless. However, one thing that helps this death for me is, one, it's just done so well. Like, it is done so well. It is in service to the larger plot. Um, and it doesn't j- just affect Giles. Mm-hmm. It, um, every single member of the cast is affected by this death. Um, it's why my favorite scene of the episode, I, th- I know a lot of fans really hone in on the scene where Giles finds her body, which is an amazing scene. It's so well done. But for me, the scene that always gets me is the scene where Buffy and Willow get the news. Yeah. Is, um, this death does not happen in a vacuum. It has really... I'm getting chills. Oh my God. It it has effects, and those effects last past this episode. Um, So, while I, I, you know, there definitely is an element of that trope here, I, I think it's, an, for me anyway, it's an example of it being done well. And then the other side of this is, there are so many female characters in the cast. Yeah. Um, it is a heavily female show. So, um... Girl power. Yeah. Um, there's only one point in the series where the... And it's only... And it's a very brief period of the series where the male characters who are credited in the opening credits outnumber the female characters. Um, is during season four. Oh, um, Riley. <laughs> but, um, so, um, it's, you know, so, you know, that, that in of itself is unusual amongst television shows to have such a heavily female cast. Um, obviously Unless not, you're Xena. Unless you're Xena, <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously that's changing. Yeah. You know, we have shows like Earth and Black. I'll, Actually, although well, actually, for its first couple seasons, actually, um, technically, there's only like one female. If you're lead. only looking at the opening credits, yeah. but if you watch the show, you're like, okay, I was always well. so confused during the credits. I'm like, why aren't there more? There's there are more characters than this. Oh, they're all Tatiana Maslany <laughs> and Maria Doyle Kennedy. Yes, um, but the later seasons that evened out a little more it's more main female characters um orange is the new black is another one that that comes to mind um so obviously nowadays we're seeing more of that but um so the fact that we didn't have one female character and then she got killed in service to the characterization of a man mm-hmm. that helps doesn't make me feel better i'm still sad but um but yeah um, so to get us back to where we were. Yeah. Well, um, and I'm sorry, I did oh, want to no, make no, no. want to make like one other point that just kind of goes back to to what I was saying earlier about um, you know people kind of dismissing bus, not really dismissing, but um, responding to Buffy's concerns about the stalking with like just ignore it, whatever. We see very clearly the progression of mm-hmm. this that it starts with 
things that, oh, well, you should ignore it, you know, just kind of get over it. Maybe it'll go away. It doesn't go away. It escalates. um, To a death. To a death. Um, And one that matters. Like, we've been making this joke about the fish, but... Yes, yes, absolutely. A human Um, death. And, you know, for all of you readers out there who want to go and read a thing, um, there's a book by Rebecca Solnit called Men Explain Things to Me, um, which um, kind of begins with a discussion of, uh, you know, these these kinds of behaviors that we tend to kind of brush off um, when a man explains something to a woman. Um, well, it's just a thing that happens, you know, let it go. But these things escalate. They snowball into violence and um and death mm-hmm. um anyway sorry i just no. like brought the mood down no, but but no. i that's one that's another reason why I, why I do really like this episode yeah um because it, it does kind of show you that progression of um abusive of, behavior yeah abuse and violence yeah no thank you for saying that you know we like to have fun here but uh we oh, we also like to talk about serious issues buffy keeps it real and we yeah. try to do the same yeah, mm. I, I I like to think that our tone we try to match the tone of Buffy, which is sometimes funny and sometimes sad, <laughs> wacky and horrifying. <laughs> That's what they called me in high school. That's what I call you to this day. I know. <laughs> um, I haven't changed since high school. Yeah, <laughs> there has um, been very little growth. Way to be way to be true to you, man. <laughs> um. It's been a little growth. I've got a bit of a beer gut now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Harrison, where were we in the episode? So we were Who in knows? this terrifying scene where Joyce is confronted by Angelus. Um, so um, this kind of all escalates where he basically knocks her groceries out of her hand. Grace, you made. Do you like to share the comment you made during the yes, episode? So you know, in a in a in a fictional setting. If a character is carrying groceries, home, it's always in a paper. Always bag. in a paper bag. There, and if they are going to inevitably drop those groceries, there must. This is law. There must be several round orange citrus fruits inside <laughs> I to will go say everywhere. That also, makes, a baguette. That makes <laughs> visual sense because you, one, you can see them, uh, and two. It's like, oh, like Angel tries to do the whole like, oh, I'm sorry, not the groceries out of your hand. Let me help you. Let me like, help you with these grapefruits. They're, they're, they're easy. <laughs> they're easy to grab. That's so true. I think that's just like that's a true, wise. but also just like, man, all of these fictional characters must get so much vitamin C in their diet. <laughs> you have to remember, they that, like, never get colds. At least in the case of this, like Sunnydale has like a more, uh, it being in California has like a more of a tropical climate. Um, so it would oranges have to, must be readily yeah. available and cheap. Yeah, California oranges. <laughs> sure. sure. I I don't know. So you know, it's I don't know anything about oranges. <laughs> you know, you said that like they're easy to grab. I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking they will scatter. They like, are so, everywhere. Yeah. So it's 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 easy yeah. for them to make the mess that looks interesting on camera. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, something that shape will be easy for an actor to grab quickly and. Um, 
I challenge you, makers of television, next time this happens in your show, let it be bananas. Or starfruit. Well, Ooh, see, no, the, the problem fruit. with bananas is that they wouldn't roll everywhere. Exactly, that's the challenge. But, but that, see, that's what I'm saying. Not like a bunch of, or a, a bunch of bananas that just kind of burst <laughs> off <laughs> on impact so that they all separate. <laughs> What's wrong with these bananas? They're ballistic bananas. <laughs> Guys, we should write our TV show now. <laughs> um, so, as this happens, this is what Angelus says. God damn it. Angelus. Angelus oozes sly candor. Oh, no. And confesses, I haven't been able to sleep since the night we made love. Well, well, and what I love is... Making it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Joyce says, fuck these groceries. She leaves them there. Good for fucking her. Good choice. Um, she's read all the books. She's read all the parenting <laughs> books. And it's so strange but helpful that they have chapters about dealing with your When to leave your groceries behind. Like, <laughs> dealing with your daughter's like, crazy ex-lover. Actually, fuck. Maybe that would be a helpful mm-hmm. chapter. Unfortunately. Uh, okay. Um, so, just, just don't worry about it. Drink some more. Um, Drink some more of this wine that tastes like gasoline. <laughs> hey, I have um, enjoyed this wine. And that is entirely your right, but my God. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to stop drinking you know, it, but... You, the, those are strong words coming from somebody who has a glass of this wine now. I, that's what I'm saying. That's how I know it tastes like gasoline. I am actively putting it into my body. <laughs> She's a lawnmower. <laughs> um, so, Buffy tries, or Joyce tries to get in the house. She has so many keys. Um, <laughs> Why? We don't okay, know. So I'm going to say, okay. okay, house key. Fine. Car key. Car key. Um, gallery I'm gonna key. Say gallery key, and I'm gonna say like one key that's like to the gallery, but I'm gonna say three more that are like maybe certain offices or like special exhibits. Something she found on the ground. <laughs> um, one, uh, one for the bar, the locked bar where she keeps all of her belly shots. Um, <laughs> so when you were a kid, when you first got like your house key, did you ever like get a keychain? And then put every like, key put, you could get on it. N- not only that, but like, <laughs> well, we know so a lot much, about you, Harrison. Put so much stuff on your keychain that like the number of like things outnumbers the actual keys. No, um, I didn't have a lot of stuff on my keychain, like just just stuff, stuff. But I did like, so I would like put my my car key, my house key, my other house key because I had divorced parents, so I had two houses. Because um, I'm rich. <laughs> oh my god! Right? <laughs> um, Actually, I'm kind of wondering like what my ratio of keys to like stuff that isn't keys is um, on my keychain. But then I had like work keys, and I had two jobs where I both had keys to both of those. And then I had like a weird lockbox that I had a key to. And then what I keep in there. Honestly, for a while, just weird bullshit. <laughs> just like like dead flowers and stuff. Okay, you know, guys. Heads. My keychain <laughs> is mostly keys. <laughs> Um, so I, yeah, basically if I had a key for it, like, I put a key on it. Now, my keys that I have is my car key. You could like a should put a key on it. My keys now is my car keys and my house key. And then my work keys are on a separate keychain that has my work badge and my work fish. You are so fancy. Thank you. Nerd. 
No one's gonna. No one's gonna just deal with the fact that I said my work fish. No, I mean, because not, I know, you know what, what it is, and it's not that interesting. Your ring of keys and fish. It's just a little token so that he can log into shit. Yeah, but and it, it looks like, like a, a fish. fish. It's shaped like one of Willow's fish, probably Belinda. Yeah, it's definitely a Belinda fish. <laughs> um, so Buffy manages. I go so for some choice like sushi right to, now. Oh, no. <laughs> I would like to order the me sushi. <laughs> uh, James Groban. Josh Groban. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Um, but Joyce gets into the house, um, apparently not noticing that Willow and Buffy are chanting and, like, holding incense and shit. I feel like that's, <laughs> by this point, it's probably a pretty normal occurrence for Fair. Joyce in her home. Um, then we get one of my favorite Buffy one-liners. Bobby has a lot of good one-liners. The angel tries to come into the house, can't, and Buffy goes, "Sorry, angel, change the locks." <laughs> Slam! Oh, fucking love it. Um, and so here's where we get to the scene. Grace, you're gonna be able to go through with this. She already had to watch it. And now we're forcing her to talk about this. Just make me relive it. It's all right. It's probably better this way. This is like fucking watching Innocence again. (laughs) So Jenny successfully translates the ritual of restoration. Took one day. Why hadn't she done it ever before? Fine. Girl knows her C++. (laughs) That's probably not what she was using, but... Um, She... uh, And jealousy shows up in the classroom. And we have this really weird exchange. It's the one thing that really kind of takes me out of the episode where Jenny... Jenny asks him, like, how he got in and he he quotes the school motto, which basically translates to, like, enter thee who seek knowledge. And that counted as his invitation. It's a public building yeah. that he's been in before. Yeah. It, it's really weird. It felt like the writer of the episode, since this episode spends so much time dealing with the vampire invitation, that the, the uh, Thai king really needed to be like, like wanted to make sure the audience, like, I don't know. It's, it uh, feels it's, like overcompensating. It's, well, it's struck me as a less of uh, a nod to that and more of like, uh, the writer thought of this cool line mm. enter ye all who seek knowledge I seek knowledge and then had to figure out how to write a scene around that instead of just cutting that because it didn't make sense I can I can agree with that yeah. I can see that really happening yeah. as, a, as a writer myself I have to be it's something that does happen as writers you think it's a really cool line and you're like god get that in there and sometimes you just have to be like okay it's really cool, but doesn't work. You're you're really, really like shoehorning it in there. Um, so okay, I can also buy the headcanon that no offense, Tyking. <laughs> um, that Jenny is literally just more like, oh, how'd you get in here? Because you that's, startled me and I'm scared, and then he's true. just being a dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, Angelus is a drama queen. Oh, fucking drama queen. The master Angelus. And the Orb, Orb of Thessala. Thessala. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is another moment. I mean, this whole scene is tense and scary. But for me, the moment that is the scariest. Every time I tense up. Um, because it has to do with, as we were talking, this violence against women. Is when he picks up the Orb of Thessala. Yes. And throws it right past her head and smashes it against the wall. Mm-hmm. 
it's scary. Like, and it's, once again, it's just that intimidation tactic. He was never going to, I mean, he was going to murder her. He was absolutely going to murder her. But, but like, that wasn't going to be the moment. He wanted to scare her first. And um, I I really want to, you know, we talk about how good David Boreanaz as Angelus. But I really want to talk about how good Robia Lamort is in this this episode generally, but mm-hmm. specifically in this scene. I am terrified because she is terrified. Yes. Um, and this is another one of those instances where like I knew going in that I, I you know, because I couldn't keep my ass off the internet, I knew that Jenny Calendar was gonna die. I knew it was in this episode when I first watched the series. But what must it have been like? On February 24th, 1998, for fans of the show. I I can tell you because I did not... Well, I mean, I wasn't watching it when it was on... (laughs) When it was televised, but I did not know this the first time watching through. I did not know that she died. Well, you also... She's also been set up as, like, a minor character, but at the same time, at this point, you haven't had minor characters who have recurred... Yeah, minor um, recurring characters. Yeah, minor recurring characters. You haven't had anything terrible happen to them. Yeah, it's like, always a one. There, there's yeah. like there's scenes that are similar to this if you haven't seen it before, um, where oh yeah, this person's in danger, but Buffy always saves them, or mm-hmm. somebody from the Scooby's yeah. all is always there to like hold off until Buffy or Giles gets there. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. So, yeah, I remember, like, the, the so the scene in the classroom was scary. And then once she started running, I was like, oh, oh okay. Uh, and I kind of, I mean, I was paying attention, but, you know, I stopped, like, being as invested in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to, bu- like, this is going to buy her enough time. Yeah, because I was like, okay, so she'll run and she'll get out and it's fine, even though apparently none of the doors in this school work. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, this is your, you know, your Thought standard, yes, it's your standard chase scene, but she's going to get out and she's going to go find Giles and it'll it'll be okay. And then it wasn't, um... And I remember, like, just my, it just took my breath away and, like, I didn't know what to too. do. I know. I like, oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, and, that, and the, the, the way that it's done, too, just, like, the snapping of the neck, it's so quick. And so violent. And so violent that it's, like, even though it's, you know, it's scary and you're expecting something because he catches her, it still takes you by surprise. I, I think what it is, at least from my perspective, what takes you by surprise is that he is that he snaps her neck. He doesn't bite her. Right. Have we seen a vampire kill anyone up to this point in a way other than by Sustenance. sucking their blood? I don't think so. I mean, the master drowns Buffy, but he 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 bites her first, bites her enough that she's like unconscious, and then drops her into the water. Mm-hmm. I th- you know I, d- I don't think that was on purpose. I think that was just a, a secondary thing. Right. Um, so. It is not only is it shocking that yes, this character was killed. She was killed in this very abrupt, violent manner that we have not seen on the show before. Yeah, and also just realizing in that moment that oh no, this was a recurring character, and this is permanent. In Ted, and I was actually going to say we also saw it in I Robot You Jane. (laughs) 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 So there's a theme of episodes that that Grace is in on. Um, they are Jenny Calendar and Neck Snaps. Watch out, <laughs> watch out, folks. <laughs> Next time I show up, there'll be another Neck Snap. And you know, 
I can't help but think that this is the moment when, as much as I hate to say it, people will start sympathizing with Xander. Like, because Xander's obviously, obviously on the whole, I hate Angel Train. He makes the comment later, like, yeah, I've hated Angel Angel more than you guys. I deserve something for not saying I told you so earlier. You deserve a foot up your ass, dickhead! (laughs) It is, it is frustrating because several times, even in this episode, we do get to, get to, we have to see Xander be right. It's very frustrating. I hate it. <laughs> but not all right. he expresses it in such a fucking asshole way. And at the, like at the end of the episode, but I mean, he is right, but he's such a dick about but it. But at this point, are you because you were now aware that like the reinstallation of Angel's soul can happen? At this point, do Goddamn you think that? Disc. At this point, do you think that like? Should that be their way to go? Um, it's it kind of reminds me of. Have you ever seen Back to the Future Part Three? No, I don't. Sorry, <laughs> I, I I haven't seen any Back to the Future movie. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Okay, so special episode of this podcast where you watch Back to the Future so, and talk about it. I mean, I'm into that. We have to do our Quest to Camelot special episode yes. first. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like um. Like, uh, real quick thing. Like, uh, the villain in Back to the Future Part 3 is, like, an ancestor of the bad guy in the first two Back to the Futures. And there's a scene, um, where that's a deleted scene. I didn't find this out until I got the DVD of of Back to the Future Part 3. There's a scene where he kills... Where um, the villain kills the, uh, lawman of the town... And um, it's interesting to hear the commentary on it. The reason that they deleted this scene was because had this been in the movie, then like the whole humiliation and arrest of the lawman wouldn't have been, they thought that wouldn't have been enough. They would have thought that like, oh, this guy, the bad guy deserves to die Mm. for killing another person. So basically it's, it's his moral event horizon. Yeah. Um, so at this point, TV tropes. at this point, you're kind of like, I-, I wonder if, um, how many viewers thought at this time, like, oh, well, does now, Angel deserve his yeah, soul back? Yeah, Angel does deserve be- his soul back. Like, and this comes up, sorry, a little spoiler, like a little later, like, um, Xander's like, oh, he doesn't deserve, he doesn't yeah. deserve this. And I, it, yeah, and we'll talk about it later, but I think it's a fair question. Yeah. I mean... As much as I hate to give credence to something that Xander it's, says. It's hard, but we it have to power through it. It hurts me physically. We have to... If we're gonna... If we're... I, my rule is, if we're gonna be forgiving of every shitty thing Cordelia says, we have to have space in our hearts for Xander occasionally. I disagree. <laughs> I don't have a good reason for it. I just disagree. At least you can admit it. Um, so, I... Do we do we need to talk about the Jenny death scene anymore? I mean, it's pretty. I feel like we have talked about it throughout this yeah. episode. Yeah. I mean, there's a chase scene. It's a tense chase scene. He catches her. He kills her. We it's very well done, especially considering that the previous episode was so, so much humor. Um, one of the funniest episodes of the series, and this episode is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like not just 
not just uneasy in the way that like a lot of horror um, TV shows are. Like this is actually terrifying, and it's terrifying in. This is this is something that I think that Buffy as a series does well consistently. The scariest things in the show are real things. Mm-hmm. Because they, are, they easily... are not supernatural things, even though there's always the metaphor with the right. supernatural, which is great. You but because it's all the things that Angelus does are things that a person men can, can do. do. Yeah, you he can... doesn't bite her. I, I see a person, but let's be honest, it's about men. Yeah, you can take the super... Like, everything in this episode, yeah, you can take the supernatural element away, and his actions are still very scary. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic point. Um, I do just want to just... Before we move on from this scene, I just want to mention um, the computers, as we talked about in Sunnydale High, are apparently so flammable. very flammable. <laughs> very fragile and very flammable. But you know what else is really flammable? Vampires. And he's all like warming his hands over it. I'm I like, didn't even think about that if, as we were What if watching? he had just gone up? Oh my like, god. <laughs> <laughs> like what a turn the season would have taken. He rolls a nat one on intimidation. I feel like that's kind of like if you've seen like any movie or TV show where a um, where like somebody takes a knife and just like runs it across their own chest, to, like make the blood come out. I think mm-hmm. that that's like the Buffy equivalent, the, the vampire like, equivalent. Yeah, like look oh, me. let's look the vampire like put his hand really close to the flames. Um, there is an episode later um, where a vampire uh, someone tries to. Dave off a vampire with a cross and the vampire grabs it and just like presses it onto his own skin and like um I can't wait to get to that episode because it's really good and also like the uh as I mentioned before in my guest star episode the iconic like angel kissing Buffy but she still has like the cross necklace on so she walks away as she walks away it pans to like angel and like he has the cross shaped burn on his skin. it's not a subtle metaphor broody bullshit <laughs> hey I like it I'm shut a up. vampire and I'm edgy <laughs> shut up um you're mean so you're not like kill your fish mean <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know but you are kill a computer science teacher mean let's just say if I do get fish in like whatever place I'm living in the next couple of months you're not invited. Oh. <laughs> um, Doesn't mean I can't come in. I'm not a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna like creep into your room and draw a picture of you. <laughs> uh, like it won't s- be a good picture. I'd like to see It'll that. be pretty. It'll be like a stick figure. <laughs> I will give you criticisms. <laughs> Did you draw this? This is awful for an adult. <laughs> this is not good for an adult. So one last thing before we move on, I have a bit of trivia. Um, Oz was the original death that was going to happen in this episode. Ooh, interesting. Um, they because he's not in this episode. Yeah, at all. he's not. Um, they, I, I think there's. Com- I've seen conflicting rumors of why they changed it. Um, one reason I've seen is that Oz was really popular, and they felt like there were interesting places they could take the character. Um, the other reason, which I think is a similar reason, so I, I bet the actual reason is somewhere in between. Was that Oz was too new a character, mm-hmm. um, and that's they didn't true. Think his I, death would have had as as emotion an emotional. Resonance. I'd say on the yeah. interesting note, though, they also have like introduced him as the werewolf, and 
he's kind of like their gateway to uh, having more werewolf stories. He's their gateway werewolf. <laughs> he is their yeah. gateway werewolf. It does kind of, it would kind of render that storyline kind of, yeah, like give him an arc, the beginning of an arc and then... Now, how awesome would it have been if he had, if like while Angelus was chasing him, he turned into a werewolf? And then they fucked. No? Okay. Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, uh, this is taking a turn. Um, he really didn't know. <laughs> so You know, I was talking about replacing you earlier, but maybe we should just kind of... It's going to be like a Doctor Who situation. <laughs> Harrison regenerates! <laughs> and it didn't take me 50 years to regenerate into a woman. There you go. Good for me. Um, and you do regenerate into Jodie Whittaker. Not me, let's be clear. Ooh, can we get Jodie Whittaker as a guest star? Uh, Jodie Jody Whittaker, Whittaker. If you're listening. <laughs> Please be our friend. Uh, you seem neat. Um, so, just on the subject of Jodie Whittaker, you also watch Broadchurch if you haven't already. Dude, it's on my list, but there's so much good TV right now. It's true, but... I'm and you're good. making me watch Buffy again. <laughs> um, so... It's so funny, though. We go straight from this terrifying scene into a really funny scene between Willow and Giles. Now, granted, in real life, there was a commercial break. Um, I guess that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But um, Giles stops by the house to get the spell book. Um, they've obviously done everything they needed to do. Buffy's house, Willow's house, Cordelia's car. Um, and it's time for Giles to do his Could house. they have made, like photocopy of the appropriate spell so that they didn't have to Isn't that the entire plot of iRobot Eugene? I mean pretty much <laughs> they, they learned their lesson. Pretty much as I was as we were watching the episode and like early on when Jenny hands Giles the book and was like, oh, I don't think you have this one. I was like, mm, she bought that on the internet. <laughs> That's why he couldn't find it. And I feel like that applies here as well. If they'd used a little bit of technology, like none of this would have happened. Well, that's why Jenny had to die. <laughs> She's the only one. She Willow, was too powerful. She's the only one who knew how to do it. Um, so Buffy, we, we learned from Willow that Buffy's upstairs talking to her mom. Um, and Giles is like, maybe I should go up there and talk to her on Buffy's behalf. Um, because and specifically Willow's like, oh, because Willow Buffy's says, mom that found out that, you know. You know. You know. You and Willow know, says right? what every single viewer of this episode is thinking, well, what would you say? What would you say? <laughs> and, uh, and my personal favorite line is like, oh, good. I thought maybe being a librarian, you maybe didn't know. <laughs> Which, From Willow, of all people. I was the same. I, I just love this. In her, we didn't talk about Willow's outfit. We didn't. Oh, we missed sure. it entirely. Okay, so Rewind, the Spider Face backpack comes Rewind. back. The Spider Face backpack. And she's wearing a very puffy sweater, of which the torso is like lavender, lilac. Like a blue, like a light yeah. blue, I thought. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like a, it's it's a light it's blue. It's blue and yellow. And it has a purple, like a lilac butterfly on the front. And the sleeves and the trim are yellow. Yes. And she has her smiley face backpack and pigtails. And she's, you know, she's my trash child as, and I love her. As much crap as we're giving Willow's outfit, can we talk about Xander's outfit? There was I mentioned one this worse. at the beginning of the episode. There was one worse. He comes out wearing plaid pants <laughs> and then like a 
a sweater that bright, has a shade of red and a red. shade of green that don't go together. Yeah, it's really bad. And like the sweater's clashing, which then further clashes with his pants. The pants would be okay, I think, on their own. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't even the know what kind of shirt would go with those pants. With anything, or like, mm, I, I don't really know. like plaid pants. But you have to wear a solid color. Says with the guy who's wearing a plaid shirt right now. I mean, Boo. It's true. <laughs> Says uh, the girl who's wearing a plaid shirt right now. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice God that. <laughs> um, so, Doesn't upstairs, uh, Joyce and Buffy are having the talk. Um, I think. I, I like this. It is so well acted. Mm. Um, and I really think that because she doesn't get, always get the flashiest moments on the show, she gets overlooked. But I think. Christine Sutherland, a.k.a. Joyce Southern Summers, is, like, one of the stealth MVPs of this show. Yeah, she's phenomenal. She, she every scene, and this is, she, she gets to play so many, so many emotions. She's, she's pissed at Buffy, um, and, and I, it's, she has this line that is very interesting, it's that you, when she's, when she says it, she's, she says, you had sex with a boy that you didn't see fit to tell me you were dating. And it really feels, at least to me, it wasn't that first part that really upsets her. Um, it, it, it's that it's the other half of it. Yeah. And when Buffy says, I'm sorry, I messed up. It, this is a moment that just feels really real because it does feel like that teenager thing where you just say, yeah, I made a mistake. Sorry. And Joyce is like, No. Like, you don't just get to say that because I'm going to forgive you. I, like, you really did. Which, there's a lot to unpack there because, obviously, Joyce doesn't have the whole story. But I don't think Buffy made a mistake by having sex with Angel. Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to shame her for her sexuality or to say that she's being punished um, for it. But we've seen a lot of indications that this relationship is not necessarily the health, the healthiest thing. So I guess it's for me, it's less the Gee, sex. Gee, what gave you that idea? Well, <laughs> it's less the sex, and it's more of the um, uh, the irresponsibility of engaging in the relationship in the first place. Which, of course, she's sixteen years old. Well, she's seventeen years old now. So yeah, like it, it makes total sense. It's very complicated. Um, Joyce also has a great line. He's older than you. <laughs> I like a lot. <laughs> I like two centuries. I think what was it? What was it Buffy said like, oh, my boyfriend's had like a, a bicentennial. A bicentennial. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I just, I like this scene. I think it, it, Buffy and Joyce have a lot of complicated emotions. It's not clean. It's very, it's a very messy situation. Yeah. And I, I love the end of the scene too. Where Joyce is just like, whew, sit down on sits down on the bed next to Buffy and is like, well, that was the talk. And Buffy says, how did it go? <laughs> and she's just like, I don't know. I love I love that relationship it's between almost, them where they, it's they acknowledge almost Gilmore that, Girls esque. Yeah, and a little bit. Yeah. I think yeah. like, and I think that may have to. Now I wouldn't know about this, um, but like I think when it comes to single parenting, like that's a that's a thing. Like you lean onto your child for support. Oh, certainly. Um, in the absence of like, oh, your significant other, but at the same time, you also like have to have to parent. Yeah, you have to be a parent. Yeah, I just yeah, I 
the relationship is so good and it is it's kind of like we were talking about in ted where joyce is angry she's scared this is definitely an anger born of fear um but at the end of it she says her piece she they they, the two of them lay it all out there and then they're on the same side Mm -hmm. and it's that is illustrated by the beginning of the scene they are on opposite sides of the room and at the end of the scene joyce is sitting next to buffy and they have never looked physically more like mother and daughter than in that that um that profile of the two of them sitting next to each other it's beautiful and um yeah but like we were saying in ted joyce immediately lies to the police about about buffy is always her number one yeah so even when she's mad even when she's upset that relationship that mother-daughter bond can't be broken love to see it mm-hmm. where the fuck are you hank <laughs> he's busy on a spinoff <laughs> with a bunch of other shitty characters um giles arrives at his apartment Ugh. you yeah. know this might actually hurt more than the actual killing jenny scene i mean maybe like jenny doesn't feel anything at this point I'm talking you know. about me, Harrison. It hurts me. Oh, it's all about you? Yes! In this moment, it is. I'm a viewer of this of this program. Um, so Giles arrives. There is a red rose in the front door. Opera music, which we decided was Boheme. Yeah, I mean, you gave me two options. Pagliacci or La Boheme, and I'm pretty sure it's not Pagliacci, so... Okay. It must be Boheme, unless it's something entirely different. I, I think it is Boheme. There are only two opera things. So. Yeah, there are only two operas, <laughs> and those are them. Um, so, oh, you know what I could check? The music. The internet? Uh, the music section. I don't know why. I always go to the section anyway. It is Boheme. It's... Okay. Oh, Suave Fanchula? Oh, suave fanchula. Is that right? Oh, sweet girl. What what um what scene is that in La Boheme? And please um, translate it to rent for me. <laughs> <laughs> La Boheme. Um, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Boheme is not one of those operas that I'm actually super familiar okay. with. Like I have seen it before. Isn't that I know what it. you went to school for? You know, shut up. <laughs> um, uh, you know, La Boheme is fine. It's fine. It's just not an opera that I've been ever particularly interested in. You know, they're poor and they're in love and then people die. And Today's of inspiration playing hooky, making it. something yeah. out of nothing. Well, it provides great background music for this poppy scene. Um, he opens the door. There's an ice bucket with champagne. Like, as we've said, Angelus does not do things by halves. My question is, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt your dramatic <laughs> retelling of this scene, but this has always bothered me. How did they get in? Does Giles just leave his front door unlocked? Yes. Did Jenny have a key? Did Angel have a key? What well, the fuck? In all fairness... Vampires do have super strength, so kicking a door down would be But, fairly but it wasn't kicked be, down, yeah. and why wasn't Giles like, hmm, I wonder how Jenny got into my house without a key? Doesn't... Ooh, I can't remember, because there are so many episodes where they plan to meet up and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. No. But isn't there... Is, is there a scene in this episode, or am I thinking of another episode where they she's like, we're going to get together tonight. Well, she said, um, earlier in the episode, she said, can I like meet you after I do this mysterious thing that I'm not going to tell you about, which 
I'm sorry, if you're working on something important, share your goddamn information. I will say, when when Giles walks into the apartment, he's immediately taken by, like, the the ambiance of it. So maybe for that instance, he forgot how did she get in, and more like, he forgot that he didn't give her a key, or that he made her give her his key back when they broke up. Daddy's gonna get some. Stop saying daddy. It's making me very uncomfortable. Daddy's sorry about that. (laughs) Listen, Giles had a huge boner. Oh, definitely. And and the the blood that was necessary for those thoughts was in his cock. So. (laughs) Well, there goes that E on the... They oh, were the listen, we already, already I know, I know. So, um, there's shilling champagne, there's opera music, it's all very romantic. There's a piece of parchment paper, and all it says... With is, whose handwriting? <laughs> whose handwriting? Was it Jenny's? Why didn't he recognize it? I'm just saying. There are a lot of holes. the aforementioned boner. Yeah, no, like, I He mean, was thinking about God, all when, of the holes. When, when, Giles, <laughs> when Giles touches that parchment, God, he must have been, like, went from semi to full, right? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. And I just in, in my, my pants. pants. Oh, Jesus, um, Jesus, Jesus. It says upstairs, so he gets the champagne. Good boy, Giles. <laughs> he follows a pack of votive candles and rose petals. This is all very sexy. Oh my god! Angelus wants to fuck Giles. Definitely. This is everybody like the, on the everybody on the show wants to fuck Giles. Except Buffy. Except Buffy. That would be wrong because he's her dad. He's <laughs> her dad. Or is he? Or is, or is he her daddy? Oh, stop <laughs> saying oh, daddy. He does it every never. episode. He does it every episode. That's never. Super Daddy is here to stay. <laughs> Harrison, fire him right now. I usually try to fire people in private. <laughs> Do it now. And don't edit it out. <laughs> um, this episode is a turning point. <laughs> So that's why I'm a co-host and you're a guest star. <laughs> <laughs> I caused too many problems when I'm here. Um, he approaches the top of the stairs, enters the bedroom, the music crescendos, and there's Jenny's dead fucking body. Um, I love and... that the music keeps going because holy shit, mm-hmm. like that means that uh, like the music doesn't just stop, like. Um, I just forgot the guy who plays Giles. Wow, uh, Anthony Head. Anthony Head. Anthony Head. Anthony Stewart Head. Ha ha. There we go. He has to convey. That depends this. on whether he's in Britain or the U.S. He or has US. to convey the entire thing with his facial expressions. Yes, yeah. and he does it beautifully. Yes, he's such a good actor. I mean, I, I we don't talk about the performances a lot on this show because generally across the board they're really good. But damn, um, and then that cut to him. Uh, as they're taking her body out, talking to the police officer, just totally like stone faced, dead eyed, and uh, the 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 uh, police light flashing on his so face. this so this little this small thing that I thought um, I was about to say when um, when they said to Giles, "You need to come to the station with us." I immediately thought like, "Oh, Giles is going to say yes, of course," but he says, "Of course." Yes. So <laughs> that's how shaken the Giles is, is that... He Yodas. He Yodas. <laughs> um, but he has to make a phone call first. And this is my favorite scene, um, as I've said. 
Um, Angelus is lurking outside Buffy's house, um, doing another weird epic poem about passion. And um, we see this scene unfold from his perspective. It's so chilling that he is, one, he has killed Jenny and then set up this horrifically painful thing for Giles and then went to watch as the others. Well, it's get always the news. it's always about Buffy. That's why yeah. he's there. That's why he didn't see that's why he wasn't shown seeing how Giles reacted. Yeah, he, he wanted to see Buffy's yeah. reaction. And so f- from the outside, from Angelus's perspective, we watch um Willow and Buffy are walking into the ha- like walking through like the dining room, chatting, they're in a good mood. Why shouldn't they be? Like they've they've successfully cast the spell. They're safe. You know, Buffy had the awkward conversation with the mom and it went okay. So, you know, they're having a good time. The phone rings. Buffy answers. She presumably gets the news that Jenny has been killed. And she just, she internalizes. She shuts down. She just hands the phone wordlessly to Willow. And she like falls back against the wall and like slumps to the floor. And she's just like, that, that big-eyed thing that Sarah Michelle Gellar can do. <laughs> Willow takes the phone, gets the news. You hear... I think it's, like, the only line you really... He- that's audible is her just yelling, what, no. Like, tears. She's sobbing. She's crying. Joyce runs in. Is You guys are both just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, just, like, watching me. It's kind of eerie. So, but here's she, an, here's something beautiful. that... Yeah, here's something that... I was kind of thinking now you can say like, oh no, that would have been terrible. Um, but I would have loved to have at that moment seen Buffy look up and see Angel there. Um, mm. That's like, if I had been like directing this one scene, I I kind of would have loved that. Because I... then like she would have known that that was what was responsible. And I would have thought that like... Now, granted, they have later in the episode the whole, like, oh, I wasn't ready to kill him, but now I am. Um, I don't know. I, I just, like, think maybe, like, one short, like, look up of Sarah Michelle Geller and seeing David Warianas there and then maybe, like, him being gone. But, you I know what? Say, I, who am I, I to argue with this? I, I see your point, but for me, I would have had a very hard time justifying why she wouldn't have gone after him immediately. Yeah. Like, okay. I think the... Sh- I, I, yes, she's in shock, but I do think seeing him, I think the anger would have overridden the shock and she would have gone at him right then and there, which would, doesn't work for the rest of the episode. Fair enough. And I think also, like, from a viewer perspective, it makes that scene that much worse, <laughs> is that they don't know he's there, but we know that he is. Yeah. And it's that much creepier and that much more twisted that they don't have any interaction Mm -hmm. um they are just having their their honest reactions to this horrifying event and this is why i have just and this is why i have never been a director slash assistant director Mm -hmm. where you all have that's true that's a true thing um and it it's it's just so well done and Joyce coming in and comforting Willow. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's very real. And I, I love, it, you know, it does feel, I don't know how to say this. It's, 
there's definitely kind of a weirdness that she goes straight for Willow, but Willow is the one having a more yeah. dramatic yeah. reaction. So, um, I, I, it does make sense, but I think it's also a smart directorial choice for Joyce to be comforting Willow while Buffy's alone. And it just, it looks good. It makes sense. But also it drives home, home that thing we keep talking about, about this found family. Um, Joyce sees Willow in this tremendous amount of pain and goes to comfort her because Joyce is a good fucking mom, even to the kids who aren't hers. So we love you, also, Joyce. I think, like, she has read all the books. <laughs> also, like, no, nothing's ever said about like, these previous friends at any of the places that she's been at before. So um, Joyce is probably like happy that uh, Willow and probably to a lesser extent Xander is around. Um, <laughs> she but, was real happy that Xander was around last week. I mean, you know, my mom is that way too. Like, um, your mom is very hospitable. No, like whenever she, whenever I bring home any of, uh, back when I lived with her, um, but whenever I uh, brought home anybody, any friends, like my mom would immediately be act like they were the only friends I had, <laughs> and would just be like, "Oh, no, like we're, we're so just so happy to see you guys here," and she always makes everybody feel at home. So it's true. Um. So, the gang, the Scooby gang, goes to Giles' apartment. Giles has gathered up his weapons. His and good a, weapons. His good weapons. And a big-ass thing, a kerosene. And, um... Do you mean kerosene? Yeah, but I said kerosene. Yeah, because... I wasn't going to comment on it, because I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, but, they basically... Xander posits the opinion that... Yeah, fucking, we should, Sander, or Giles should go kill him. Um, this is where he has his affirmation. He says it shittily, but, and Buffy agrees, but she also points out the big problem, that Giles is going to get killed. Um, at the factory, Spike is furious that uh, Angel Angelus has done this, because... All you're going to do is piss off the Slayer. Uh, he's going to have Miss a- Sunshine, still alive. <laughs> um, but um, Angelus says, don't worry, Roller Boy. So uh, at this point, though, uh, Giles firebombs them. That was pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> so, no, it he is... had such a good plan. He knew exactly where he was striking and where he was going. It is so badass. It doesn't last long. Like, he... he you know, but he firebombs him. He comes in with his flaming baseball bat and he's beating the shit out of Angel. There was also like a crossbow and Dr- in there. Drusilla, oh, yeah, yeah. Drusilla and Spike just kind of like get out of there. Drusilla tries to get in on it and Spike's like, like, no, no, no. No, we're going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to what? We're going to eat. I thought that means like throwing something at I someone. Mean, yeah, but it also means just like. Getting out of there. Uh, they're going to throw themselves <laughs> they're, out they're of here. Gonna, we're going to yeet ourselves out of here. <laughs> um, we, we haven't done gay, uh, gay vocab in a while, but maybe we should start doing youth vocab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are the youths saying these days? I hear yeet's a big word. This God, week. I just felt 20 years older right now. <laughs> so, um, Giles manages to get in a, a few good hits. We're really proud of him. He looks really hot. Um... <laughs> Maybe it looks hotter when he almost catches on fire. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, uh, unsurprisingly, as Buffy predicts, Angelus quickly gains the upper hand, though. Giles had the, had the element of surprise. 
but it doesn't last long. And um, then Buffy comes in and fucks up his shit. I think this is a really good fight scene. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love on the uh, on the catwalk. I think is what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that fight and how I love the camera angle of it. Yeah. Um, the fact and it's it's not as personal as the uh, the fight um, in amidst the quest for Camelot posters was mm-hmm. in Innocence. And uh, on that like kind of uh, juxtaposition of those two fights, that fight was. Uh, in water, water, and this, this is this fire. Was in fire. So yeah, some <laughs> symbolism. <laughs> but yeah, I really do like. I really do like that fight scene, and it could have gone on to Buffy could have killed Angelus then and there. But he's like, oh, you're gonna let your old let man her, burn. Let your old man burn. She won't. She won't. She and you're right. She could have killed him. Uh, the only thing, the only reason Angelus survives this encounter. Is because Buffy has to save Giles, mm-hmm. um, and she does. They escape outside, but Giles like yells at her, "Why did you come? This wasn't your fight." Buffy fucking slugs him. Yep, um, I know what your face wants. <laughs> <laughs> and they, this scene is so beautiful. She asks, they they are hugging, they're holding onto one another. She says, "Are you trying to get yourself killed?" You can't leave me. I can't, I can't do this alone. Yeah. I can't lose you. Oh my god. She needs her dad. Her real dad. Not you, Hank. Fucking Hank. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We we get uh, more... Um, you know, we're, we're running very long. Um, so we'll just kind of... <laughs> not speed through, but get through these last couple scenes. Um... Angelus monologues some more, um, and uh, we um, we get the scene at Jenny's grave. Um, how they get that grave so quickly? The gravestone so quickly? It's not how it works. It's fine. Um, I think they've got like an expedited in service Sunny in Sunnydale. <laughs> they're always ready for a gravestone. Oh, everyone's just already got one. It's I like, mean. It's just easier that way. Um, and Giles says, you know, he says in my line of work, I've buried a lot of people, but never someone I loved. And Buffy says that she's ready now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the final scene of the episode, uh, Willow is taking over Jenny's computer class. And, you know, we laughed at this earlier. And it could be easy to laugh at it, and we will again. But <laughs> the the way this scene is done is so good because Will is basically just like Principal Snyder asked me until they find a replacement for Miss Calendar to, to take over the class, and it's very somber. And you like, can you imagine be like I, I obviously from Will's perspective, but I'm thinking of it from the perspective of the students yeah, the in the students. class. Like they all have to know that their teacher was murdered. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they're used to it, but Well, and I love too that she says I'm just going to do what she had planned. Yeah. Because Follow we heard Jenny's we heard earlier planned. in the episode where she spent, you know, 5 <laughs> hours making her own lesson plans and now she's like, "No, I'm I'm going to do what she had planned." What the isn't that just like the the most willow way to honor someone's memory? It is. It really is. Like, let them take the wheel. It's so sweet. Um 
And then we see, though, the uh, floppy the disk. goddamn floppy disk! <laughs> uh, so, listeners of a younger persuasion, a floppy disk is... is a disk that's floppy and square. <laughs> um, it's a way to save data before flash drives yeah. existed. Or, right? you know, so the cloud, which listeners, would have been a so flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, but the floppy disk, the All right, Harrison, stage. I get it. I'm 30. <laughs> um, listen, sweetheart. God, you're old. <laughs> we're, we're not that far behind you. <laughs> Don't tell people that. <laughs> Um, the floppy disk that Jenny had saved the restoration spell on, the ritual restoration on, falls off the desk between the desk and, like, a filing cabinet. And that's the end of the episode. God Mm -hmm. damn it, Willow. So, yeah. So that's passion, y'all. I have a lot of feelings. Um, Oh, sorry, I had one note. Um, At the scene, at the gravestone, we get a final version of the Jenny... Uh, Giles' love theme and this version of it is called Remembering Jenny and this version has I don't know if you noticed it has a very light um, uh, vocals um, and they're, 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 it's just like Oz and stuff but it's um, Anthony Head provides those vocals Okay, wow. it's really gorgeous I would, I would go back and listen to it it's really pretty Just I, their love theme is already pretty but this version I think is like um, so yeah, um, I've already given my trivia about this was the one where Oz was going to die. Um, that voice just kind of cracks saying that, like, this is where Oz was going to die. Um, I love this episode. It's one of my top ten episodes. Mm-hmm. This is my, fir- my first of my top ten that we've gotten to. I think it's um, like, um, in episodes not, where Joss Whedon is not out of the writer or director, this is probably like one of my top oh, episodes. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to give this episode... Five out of five skewered fish on the line. Jason, (laughs) (laughs) what's your what would be your score for this Um, episode? Yeah, uh, five out of five floppy disks. All right, right. lost in between the desks. Yes. Damn it! You took the two things. (laughs) (laughs) The two metrics that I was going to use. Ah. Um, I give this a five out of five awkward yet beautiful conversations between Joyce and Buffy. Yay. Very nice. All right. So uh, now is the time to um, uh, uh, do our drinking game. So, um, Grace, do you want to lead us off on the drinking game, your drinking game rules for this week, or would you prefer to go last? Um, I'll go first, because okay. then you fuckers can't <laughs> take my idea anymore. Um, no, I'm going to go with the one we are uh, actually kind of already mentioned, because I like okay. it the most. Um, the drinking game for this episode is that um, when Jenny Calendar gets murdered, you just get a fifth <laughs> of whatever alcohol of your choice, and you drink it all. Just waterfall? Yep, and you just keep <laughs> drinking. Even once it's finished, you go and buy another but, you but just keep drinking until you can't feel anything but anymore. don't actually do that because uh <laughs> we do we here at booze and buffy do not advocate killing yourself via as, booze. i mean hey i'm just a guest star <laughs> i do advocate I <laughs> as always drink responsibly it is just a game yes. uh jason what's your uh drinking game for this episode um dr- take a drink anytime you see some outdated technology okay all right <laughs> deadly that's a good one um I'm going to say take a drink every time uh, Willow has an inappropriate reaction to being asked to cover for a teacher. 
Take two drinks if that reaction is becoming immediately drunk with power. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be drunk with power. <laughs> um, cool. Do, do either of you have any other any other just final thoughts before we before we leave this episode? Just um, yeah, just to reiterate what I said for uh, before. Uh, this might be the episode where people start thinking that uh, as much as we loved Angel in the first part of this series. Like, is he truly worth saving anymore? Um, and I mean, hey, that's that's something you have to think of in your own time. Yeah, I think um, overall, obviously, I'm biased. Jen, <laughs> Jenny Calendar is, is has been a super cool character. Um, I'm sorry to see her go, but um, I I do think, as we said earlier, I do think that that this death was handled in probably the best way possible, mm-hmm. um, and certainly considering it's time I'd say it's the second best death in the entire series I am excited to hear what you think the best one is after we after we uh, it might be a bit of a spoiler yeah after after we turn off the recording yeah um yeah I think so too I think and you know we didn't really talk about this at all but Joss Whedon said the reason Jenny dies and the reason potentially Oz would have died is at this point we are four three episodes out from innocence from Angel um losing his soul and becoming jealous um and in those two episodes since then, he's really been out of focus. He killed, he's been there. He's been there, but yeah. He, um, in phases, he he killed a random student that Buffy knew. Um, he tried to kill Xander and be witch-bothered and bewildered, um, but failed uh, because of Drusilla's timely intervention. <laughs> but, honestly, Angelus had to kill someone, and he had to kill someone important. Otherwise this threat would not feel threatening. Like you would be, you would be at a place of diminishing returns with him. Yeah. yeah. It and goes, it goes along with like the pacing that I get that, um, I mentioned in innocence. Like I feel that everything done with angel throughout the season mm-hmm. is perfectly paced with the series. Yeah. Um, and we get the escalation too. It's not that, um, it's not this death. I, I keep saying that this death doesn't happen in a vacuum within this own episode we see it escalating it could only have ended in a death Mm -hmm. um so all right um (laughs) we we're going very long but that's okay this episode has a lot and we had a guest star so we get like more extra time with the guest star (laughs) yeah this episode has a lot to talk about and i think we just i think we had a really good discussion i'm really proud of it um so um all right let's let's get out of here uh are you all ready I'm ready when I'm you are. So ready to be done with yeah. this. Jeez. I'm ready to go get some Taco Bell. Oh man, Taco Bell sounds good. Do you want to go together? Like, let's all go and get Taco Bell. I don't. I don't hate that idea. I don't know that I can do that because we're about to. John and I are about to go see the Jack Holiday show. Oh, fair enough. That's, that's our next thing we're doing. Um, all right. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Killed by Death. I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at. Yami J three five seven Y A M I J A Y three five seven. So I'm gonna ask you next week what that means. Never asked you in ten years, but we are too we're going too long for this week. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C O F F M A N. Did you forget how to spell it? Really? No, it's a dramatic pause for effect. Sure, sure. <laughs> Totally. Uh, I'm Grace. Wow. 
Um, you can't find me on the internet, you motherfuckers. We absolutely love having you, Grace. Like, this is a lot of fun. Thank you. Agreed. It's, it um, has been fun. You can find us on Insta- on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com, and that's and is spelled out, not an ampersand. Yes. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. We will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we cannot talk about on the podcast. Ooh. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I can't remember any other ones. Witcher? Um, Wait, that's something different. <laughs> uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. And this week, in honor of Ginny Calendar, I am uh, highlighting Girls Who Code. You can find them at girlswhocode.com. They are founded with a single mission of closing the gender gap in technology. The organization is working to create a dynamic pipeline of future female engineers from after school clubs to summer immersion programs. The organization is providing girls with access and opportunity to learn coding and access technology jobs. Excellent. All right. So um, we, uh, we here at Booze and Buffy like to sign off uh, by uh, encouraging our listeners to uh, go slay and be gay. Uh, the podcast is not as gay as it used to be, but as I, Jason and I discussed... You can I feel like gay. that was a dart at me, by the way. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, as Jason and I discussed, um, one can be gay in their heart and in their soul, even if they're not gay in their genitals. I am a proud ally. Isn't that nice? Uh, <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> I, don't, just, I don't know. I'm thinking about that phrasing. It's fine. You know what? It doesn't Grace, matter. you know what? Why don't you take the second half of the send-off line? Alright, well, why why don't you take the first half? I always take the first half and you always take the second half. Alright, well then. Mix it up. Alright, well then, uh, if Harrison has nothing else to say. um, That felt like a dig, but okay. It definitely (laughs) was. Well, uh, on behalf of Booze and Buffy, to all of our listeners out there, go slay and be gay!